Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Welcome to Guys We Fuck, the anti-slut shaming podcast. Yo, you haven't said I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm your boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about fucking. What up, fuckers? How you been? Where you are? What you wearing? Welcome to the last episode of 2022 of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut shaming podcast. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Welcome to the show. Woo, baby. We did it. 2022, huh? What a year. I don't know that I liked it. No, I didn't really like it, but Mm -hmm. uh, I learned a lot about myself, which is always painful and trying. Um, Yeah. See, that's interesting. You feel like learning stuff about yourself is painful? Yes, very much so, because I hide a lot of things from myself that I don't understand that I'm doing, and then I'm like, fuck, I do that? Fuck, I've been doing that the whole time? Fuck. I feel like learning, like, the truths of human existence is the painful part for me, you Mm. know, because I just think things were gonna be a lot better than they are realistically right yeah. right right yeah <laughs> I, yeah i kind of already knew Reality some of those sucks. dark truths that i'm like ah but you still believe in like love and shit that's for like, sure cr- like it's like to me the love i'm like you mean astrology <laughs> <laughs> do you not believe in love no of course i believe in love but like you know, and I think part of it is from doing this show and like, you know, it's, you know, I, as I would explain this show to people, it's like learning how the sausage is made. And mm. like, there's a reason I don't eat sausage anymore. Right. Because you know what goes into it. Yeah. And it's not good. It's nasty. Yeah. It's and nasty. So, and so like, do I believe in love, uh, familial love and friendship love? Sure. Very much love between animals and humans in a mm. not weird way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the romantic love that we have been served through media Oh, that's certainly not. Yeah, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. The the type of love that's been delivered to us by uh, pop culture is all bullshit. Yeah, so it's just weird to, I don't want to say be on a search for something, because I wasn't mm. on a search, but to, you know, expect something. It's like, for me, love is like tits. Like, I just thought Go everyone on. got them. <laughs> right. And then... 
your weight find out and where's then, my titties and then you just they don't come in you know it's like maybe you get them when you're 50 it's just like it's, <laughs> where the hell are these tits <laughs> it's like it's like i got the air conditioner but the remote control didn't come with it and the air conditioner is 16 feet in right. my lo- in Eight, my lofted one bedroom window you know the ladder and so it's making my life a lot more difficult than it needs to be right 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 that's right. how i feel about it yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just you know, I just didn't know that there was going to have to be so many concessions made for something that was supposed to be like the most pleasurable thing, um, you know, in human existence. Right. Well, you, you made a very astute observation that I that I've thought about a lot after you said it, where it's like you received this familial love that was just very genuine and pure and beautiful right. and like, right. the, you know, what a child should get. Right. Like right, right, what, right. To, for nurturing. And because of that, you don't have a hole in your heart. It's like the hole in your heart was made later. Well, it's, stuff. it's by other people who were walking around with holes in their hearts. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like my joke about I had a nice childhood. Um, so romantic love means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And is it a joke? Yes, but it's f- true. Also true. <laughs> yeah, right. It's 100 percent right, right. true. Yeah. And like it does not that it means nothing to me. I mean, you know, quite possibly no one handles breakups worse than me, um, like c- cause actual physical p- pain, uh, visible damage to my own teeth. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Den- dentist noticed. Oh, Not, like I don't grinding? grind, I clench. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, doctors can doctor, you know, if a doctor, you're not, if you're going in and it's not your therapist, it's your like some kind of a physician Medical doctor. is being like something is what is going on with you. And then they can see it. That's not. That's a sign that you're probably not processing it well. Or I mean, but it's not like I'm over processing it. If anything. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask know? you, why do you think that is? It like is it OCD related? Because I know OCD can kind of have you emotionally hooked on stuff uh, like hyper focus, which sounds fucking awful. Little bit is the ruminating, but this is mm. like beyond beyond. You yeah, know? I just don't really know. Well, you, it, it, the way you take disappointment, you don't. You, you obviously that's one of your least favorite feelings. Yeah, it's like my number one bet. Mishandled feeling, right, 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 right. I don't really know the answer. Yeah, you know? what? Well, you know, it's a continuous quest. Well, yeah, of course. That's such as life, man. You just unravel yourself or you untangle yourself. What are your What are your um, resolutions for for twenty twenty three? Let me see. Like I wrote some stuff down. This was that you know what a weekend I did have. So um, <clears throat> was it great and filled with love? Uh, it was a great weekend. I wouldn't say it was filled with love or it fun. Was filled with friendship. That's I mean, great. you know, I think it was kind of the perfect culmination for the wreckage that was this year. Oh, nice. You know, I just went to a strip club and dropped a grand. Nice. Um, nice. And then, you know, Big dick energy girl got so, you know, recognized from the podcast by one of the strippers. Yes. Sweet. Oh, my God. It's so good. That's what you want. Did I love strippers so like the coolest. Much. And, um, you know, got bottle service. Uh, and for your friends, that's the best. I had never gotten bottles. I've gotten bottle service before. I don't think I had ever done it at a strip club before. Highly recommend. Ooh, okay. I, uh, I mean, the treatment you get is incredible. Why do you think James Harden does it every day? Oh, oh that's a little I mean, much, though. Yeah, I mean, much. I don't, I don't have that kind of money to do it every day. But I just kind of resolved again, like thematically, with how I was feeling this year. I'm just not buying anyone Christmas presents, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna. I bought myself some shit and then I was yeah. like, I'm just going to drop all this Christmas uh, money on doing what the fuck I want to do. Yes. Good. Yeah. Um, good. And so, yeah, I mean, so here I have like a dissertation, you know, about this year. I said, I wrote, <laughs> I let myself 
um, be an asshole this year. That was my goal. God, and you weren't even that much of an asshole. Um, and like I had never just been a complete asshole before. <laughs> um, and I was like, I need to, most people I know are kind of consistently assholes. So I was like, let me try this out and see how this feels. Um, and I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it felt, but I I needed to do it uh, because I needed to put myself first across the board and not look back, um, mm-hmm. especially after, you know, years of like taking care of my family and just a lot of, you know, and other people in relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, I wrote and this this weekend was kind of the culmination of that because um, mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast. So I went out on Friday to the strip club um, and I went um before I went out, and this was like a planned thing, uh, a couple of people got added, so I got really out of hand um, because they were like people who probably should be in prison. Um, oh, naturally. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of people, people that you want to go to a strip club with. Absolutely. Uh, so I was listening to a podcast about um, ex- existential crises. Um and the woman, it was actually Melissa from Melissa and Doug, the toy company. Oh. So she started that. She left the corporate world, as is a very common story, having an existential crisis, wanted to give something back to the world that had more value. So she created with her partner, Doug, um, Melissa and Doug and made toys, but then she still kind of like was going through this existential crisis. So she now has like a website called, I think it's called Lifelines and she helps other people through it. But it was like a four year process, which I was not happy to hear. Mm. Um, and she kind of explained like you either do a ton of when you're going through an existential crisis and she also has existential depression, um, but she was born with that. And it's either like wow. you do a ton of work for years, which I've already been doing. Or you just numb the feeling out. And I mean, obviously, I am not the inventor of numbing the feeling out. Everyone I know, especially like, you know, being a comedian is constantly doing that. I am pretty adamantly against numbing it out. Um, but I think it's just a, sl- a slippery slope. And also, I think ultimately it makes things take longer than they need to because you're just dilly dallying the healing process. Yeah. But, you know, after. Uh, of an entire year of just feeling my feelings and going doing going to therapy and reading books and Buddhism and fucking walking around the town going on health. <laughs> you go, I mean, I, I, you, you go, can I just fucking not think about this shit for one second? Mm-hmm. And so that was what was in my head. Not that I like went out with a quest to get like rip roaring three day hangover drunk. But like, I think that was like in the back of my head. And I remember this like one point where I was just sitting at it, you know, in our private booth at the strip club and I was having so much fun. I really, truly like love it. And I love the people that I was with and, you know, you know, confetti's in the air and titties are out and our bottle. You know, we have, a, you know, a $550 bottle of kettle one, even though it costs, you know, $40. And if you go to the grocery store and just and just nonsense. And I and I had a realization that for the first time in like forever I was like having a good time and uh, I'm gonna cry about my strip club story this I hate this show um and um <laughs> I fucking just hate everything um and then I uh uh and then I, and and it was like nice because like I don't know if you've ever been like thinking about something for so long that you like th- like something that you like is like just like ruining your life for so long 
that you think about it and like there's a moment when you're like you realize that for a couple hours you weren't thinking about it Mm -hmm. and you're like oh my god well I mean like then you ruin your own time by thinking about it again but I was just like oh my god like I haven't thought about this thing in so long that I was like having a good time and then of course you just keep you know keep drinking which you know that's why I mean I, I don't do it not that I like I don't think I have the capacity to be, be kind of like the kind of alcoholic I would as- aspire to be, which would be a great one. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. You know, like I would love to be like an Ernest Hemingway. I'm, I'm actually so jealous of like alcoholic writers. Like I remember I had this mm. shot glass set of like famous writers and I was like, God, I wish I could get fucking blackout drunk and write, write a masterpiece. Like I know it's like, I know it's like the downfall of these people's existence and like I'm sure tore apart all their interpersonal relationships, but God damn, did it sound productive. Um, I can't write anything. I mean, I, I could write a text message when I'm drunk and mm-hmm. I have many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so, yeah. So I, I was just like, I, I felt, yeah, I, I was like, I was just like free kind of to like live in, you know, live in the moment. And, I, and then, I mean, of course, you forget the moment because you get blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just was like in that morning, I was like, I'm just going to blow a grand at the strip club. And like, that's the point of these places. Like, like that's what it's for. Um, Because, I mean, I spent half my year, half my year was just like me going back to sleep like hoping another day would pass like Mm. this year like I I actually can't believe it's over but like when I think of like the day-to-day this I mean like even to get through like every weekend is like the excruciatingly long like Mm. I mean I've just like gone back to sleep so many times this year where I was like will this day never fucking end it was Mm. just fucking terrible um and uh yeah and i and i and i did i did the the bare minimum this year i mean the like the bare minimum man your bare minimum is is a lot so yeah and by bare minimum i mean all the places that i i that people expect me to show up and that other people are depending on me my store the podcast um i showed up in every part where I needed to, I didn't. I don't even know. I'm crying right now. I'm just tired. Mm. I also haven't slept in days because of the fucking renovation. Mm. That'll um, do it. But um, yeah, and I and I never do the bare minimum. I always do the fucking maximum, and I'm so tired of it. Um, and it felt gross doing the bare minimum. Felt gross. It felt gross. Like I knew it would feel. It was disgusting. Um, but I like. I needed to see what my options were, you know? So it's like if you're over, always overworking, obviously there's a middle ground here, which, you know, is what you're hoping to find. But I was like, what would happen if I did the bare minimum? Because um, I see a lot of people doing the bare minimum all the time and they seem to be getting through life kind of just fine. All of Gen Z, you know? <laughs> um, so I was like, there has to be something to this. They've been, but if they've been so doing true. the bare minimum the whole time, they don't understand that it's the bare minimum and know what it's yeah. like to do more than that. So I go, okay. And it didn't feel good, but it's just like, okay. But I, I kind of like... But then it, then it's like if I wanted to do something, I was like, I don't even know what there is to do. Like I just lost motivation to do anything because nothing felt like worthwhile or appealing. Yeah. You know, like I was like, I did all my stand up shows. I would say I enjoyed like 10 percent of them. And, th- and, you know, that for many years was what was getting me out of bed in the morning was like how much I loved stand up. And so. 
to lose that love this year for that was like very scary. I mean, that was like a breakup or like a death in and of itself. Why do you think you lost that love for it? And and also know. that too could be very temporary. That that's not that yeah, could be fleeting. Sh- you, know, you know, it could be. But you it's, can absolutely fall back in love with it. Sure. Um, but you it know. is scary to. And it's a more serious relationship than any other relationship I've had, you know, romantically. And I certainly put stand up ahead of anything else. And I don't regret that. Um, And I argue that it's still like besides Rockstar, the fucking coolest job that you can have on the planet. And I know that. But there's I don't know. When you say you were at the strip club and you didn't think about it for a couple hours, what was what was it? Oh, something I'm purposely not saying on oh, the podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um and um uh yeah, and so I just like so it's just like okay, you need to you know, and throughout all this, please keep in mind I still like me. Which is yeah, fascinating. Um, <laughs> not fascinating that I guess to like me. It's just like it's just so interesting because like that's usually the the thing that like people kind of like get like tired of themselves. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. like I wasn't even really frustrated with myself. Well, you allowed yourself to experience a new type of way of living just to see. But you you kind of you have such a great understanding of yourself where you're like, we're gonna do this. You have like a good, good inner manager. Well, yeah. And it was also like, I mean, if you fucking overachieve for 36 years, I think you're 37. You can phone it in. hundred <laughs> percent. And also, <laughs> too, I mean, you, you got to keep in mind that you're phoning it in is most people's hardest work ever. Yeah. you. Feel I like- mean, that's really. And that says a lot to like how exhausted you've been and how far you push yourself. I don't think either of us feel like you phoned it in on the show. Not at all. even in the slightest. If, if well, you no. feel that way. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I don't. When no. I get depressed, I turn into a baby and I fucking phone the fucking and I don't check my emails and I don't get back to people and I like you don't you're not capable of getting to that no I didn't phone it on on this show I'm just saying like you know but also like this is where my main income is coming from so I'm like not Mm. stupid enough to like really phone it in you know and I feel like I do feel like you know on, on air I've given some of my greatest performances this year but you know what people you know this is you know what five hours of my week how many hours are in a week you know i also didn't i didn't phone it in on without a country in any way in fact i had to work harder on that show because now it's just me working on that show so no but those are only that's two days of a seven day week right you Mm -hmm. know and then i'm handling the store but it's just like i have been working so much for the past uh, 15 plus years in this uh, business that like you know, and during COVID, I started saying no to a lot of things. But then I go, well, what what's all, what am I doing with all this extra time? Like there would be hours Re- when I would be at home and going like, what do people do? Watch TV. With their time. They watch TV yeah, and watch porn. Christina's right. They I fucking think, and they scroll. Do you I scrolling think people television? love streaming. I, yeah. I, just, I just have shit. no idea how people could possibly. And I, and I go, well, I guess a lot of people, most people have like kids and are married. So that's mm. just like, but it's like, are you doing that? Because it just like takes up hours in the Honestly, maybe. day. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And it gives you purpose too. Like a lot of people have kids. Like I'm at, God, raising a kid is a fucking huge accomplishment. So it's raising a, lot, a kid a, well is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. 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 Raising a, a lot kid of, is not an accomplishment at all. Well, it's yeah. A, it's a mistake most times. Plenty of motherfuckers that have of us are dealing with <laughs> right 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 right, um, right. but uh yeah and, and i was just like sitting at home going the fuck are people and i mean and i then i started to do like charity work so i just started doing a lot of like dog rescue stuff with justin silver 
and like, you know, taking my dog on adventures and stuff. And I go, still, there are so many hours in the Sick fucking of you anxiety day. That, that like you're not doing things with those hours. What are you, what's, but like sitting, so my life is sitting on the couch. It's so meaningless. Well, I, and I, what understand. are we doing? So like when I, I don't really watch TV that often, except when my boyfriend's over, we'll like, we'll watch movies and stuff. But like I play piano. Like I, 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 I have like hobbies that I like lose myself. Yeah, in. You literally I have to have them, hobbies I, or yeah. kids. That's it. There's I know. No, I find I, I'm like, I just and hanging out with friends. My honestly. hobbies are, are also like my, this is the problem for me. My hobbies are what also my career is. So okay. my right. main hobby would be writing, you know, for my whole life. But it's like when you, then you, when you get when you monetize the hobby and listen i did a lot of fucking writing that'll never see the light of day this year just oh, nice. for my own mental health yeah yeah and i mean god i'm gonna have to tell let's tell one of you to burn it if, got it if got i it. die copy that for you but <laughs> got I you mean, girl tell me what drawer it's in. got you girl but i mean yeah i just don't you know, and I read more. I watched a lot more TV than I ever watched. And I had a good time doing that. But it's just like, did you have hours where you're like, well, now what do I do? Uh, like, do you, do you have a lot of that this year? Like, Just a, a lot. I mean, I would just be like sitting, staring out into the my living room being like, what do people do with their lives? <laughs> I, 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 and you're, you're somebody who's done so much with your life. And current, still, like right now, you're doing more with your life than most people will do in their lifetime. Literally, the time. it's so like I think the thing that you are regular people work a regular job in I've the day done, job. I know, so I've tired done no I know but yeah. yeah Christina's right they come home they're, they're tired. tired they fucking they, they commuted autopilot like a, there are plenty of people that live in the city and do this stuff or whatever but like I can tell you that like my parents before pre-covid when they, they were both commuting to work my dad wouldn't get home from work till like 7.30 at night. And sure. then would just like basically pass out on the couch. So and yes, and I, so a lot of time, their time was sleeping. Yeah. And I've lived that life. But then, so then on the flip side, it's like, okay, but we as a society, especially in America, um, are so critical of how much we work. And so, but if we're not working, what are we doing? Spending time with friends and family but I, and I, hobbies. I, I, I don't I think like a lot, a lot of, of my friends anymore. But it. I think a lot of Americans are working like crazy bullshit hours for yeah. not a lot of work. So I don't think there's a lot yeah. of people that have a lot of time that are like just sitting there doing nothing. Well, that's, but, a, you know? that's a thing that's like part of the existential crisis. Is that, so it's basically like it's a shedding of the skin or like an outgrowth. So like yeah. in that process, you know, you're also like not only are you losing interest in like your former purpose and like the things that you're doing, you're also lo- losing interest in most of the people around you. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it's scary. That's a scary thing. I understand you that. You go. What's the point? Okay. And like, I don't want to be like a bad person. Like, I don't want to fucking hang out with these people anymore. But it's just like I don't. Yeah, but that's. But your I friends think that's that you. Norm- yeah, that's pretty natural. Yeah, you 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 go through you you shed yourself like you go through deaths of yourself like versions of yourself die sure die off and then and but then like the uncovering- just a little extreme for it all to happen yeah. at once. Girl, you know? yeah. yeah. I argue yeah. that it's meant to happen all at once. You know what? And when I it think- does, it's such a fucking fucking tornado. When you when when you sort of come out of all of this, there's going to be, I think, like a clarity. Right, but it's like if you come out of it. I'm not saying like I'm going to kill myself or anything, but I but it's just like this is a I mean, this is 
I haven't had a good year since like 2017. And what would you say? I is mean, except for except for this chunk of COVID, I loved that. Oh God, I I loved COVID. Bring me back. back. Bring me back to my best best time I've had in my adult life. Not not joking. And, and but which, I want COVID to come back just so you can chill again. Which is fascinating because so conceptually, what I did this year in many ways, very similar to what I did during COVID, but felt so different. Right. You know, and also, I mean, the world changed a lot post-COVID and everyone's just like more nightmarish than they already yes. previously were. And that's, yeah. you know, on the books. Yep. Well, do you think though, Corinne, like you're really, you're somebody who really keeps up with like pop culture, which that's, that's one thing, but also like social media, you're very active on social media and you look at what all the kids are doing. You understand all the trends, but like, isn't that, I don't do that because it would kill my soul. Does that do anything to you, like, emotionally? Like, I just can't. What about it kills you? It's just too much. It's too much in, it's too much stimuli. Mm. Like, I don't scroll on social media. I do it, like, once a day, but I'm like, it's it's too much. Nah, I mean, I I mean, I don't, like, I don't, like, doom scroll. And also, if anything, like, one of the highlights of my year is that TikTok is so fun. Yeah, I kind of got. You you have mentioned that. Yeah. How much you love TikTok. I love TikTok. Yeah, I mean, Mm. Instagram's nonsense. But, yeah, no, TikTok's super fun. And I like a lot of things. And I also think, like, one of, I think one of the things I've really, um learned as I am getting older and which is not old at all. And it, that's another misconception that like mm-hmm. this is old, an old age at, or oh, it's, close it's, to you're it, very young um, is that it's very well, I think part of the pe- reason that people feel old or make jokes that they're old in like their mid to late thirties is because they did have kids and they be, they do, oh. they do stop being in touch with what young people are doing and as much as I make fun of Gen Z I do think it's extremely important and again this is something I've really witnessed Sarah Silverman shine in doing is um, keeping up with what is important um, to young people and yeah. what they are talking about not and not in a way like where I'm not talking about like what dance they're doing to try and be cool on TikTok. I'm saying like truly like what the next generation values and how you can learn from them because you want you want to learn from people your age, but you also want to learn from people older than you, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think people younger than you, which is Absolutely. I think is something that people really brush um, off unless they have children, but I would like to do it in, you know, in it's spite so of valuable ch- yeah. children. And I mean, again, again, especially whether or not I continue doing stand up is, is a different thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's so, okay. And then the last part of this, um, um, and then part of another part of this existential crisis is that, uh, I haven't had sex in 10 months and oh, and wow. some would argue that's why I'm sitting here crying. It's really not. No. I'm just not. I even tried to masturbate yesterday. And I was like, what am I doing? This is stupid. Um, I like, it's not like I set out to like be celibate. It started out you know, that I was just, you know, broke up. I broke up with my boyfriend and then because I needed to, I realized that I needed to just grieve my dad heavily and I had no interest in sex and then when my sex drive finally came back, it it just came back a lot more selectively, I mm. think. And I decided to like really listen to my body, the you know, the same way I do for like ailments and then and not just have sex with someone unless I was really excited to do it. Mm-hmm. And since I made that decision, no sex, <laughs> I've only met one, per- one new person who 
I thought I would be excited to have sex with. Um, and he, li- he lived across the country. So that's why we didn't just have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we got to know each other over the course of like one or two months, maybe. And then was finally at the point where we're like, okay, like we, we have to like, one of us has to fly to the, each other. And kind of at that point, I wasn't that excited to have sex with him anymore. So uh, I didn't, I was like, we don't need to be getting on airplanes at this point. Yeah. Right. Um, right, right. Yeah, so I'm just moving on to a lot of new things in my life and a lot of the old shit and old pastimes uh, and old people won't be coming along. And I guess that's my that's my thoughts for 2022 into 2023. Yeah, well, that's well, it sounds like you're setting yourself up for a really great year, honestly, because a lo- there's been a think. lot of deaths metaphorically and f- literally doesn't seem for you. Think so. Well, no, no I, I do, because as somebody who like just, you know, after it's like when it's like five years in a row, you're like, yeah, okay, well, then every year the, you want to cut the shit and you want to make a difference in your life so that you can experience more happiness because you deserve it. Well, I mean, I remember, you know, I remember at one point getting out of Christina, Christina's car this year and, and just being like, well, you would think that the year uh, after your dad dies would be better than the year that your dad dies. And I and I would go, I can't, I can't say that it is. It's actually yeah. worse because there was time that I spent with him. And also, right. I mean, like, I think it's your also, first year without your dad. That's heavy as shit. Possibly, possibly a theory is that when you're caring for someone that you truly love, um, it really puts it really puts into perspective the other people in your life. And I think spending so much time with my dad, I was like, wow, like it's effortless to take some care of someone when you really love them. And then it kind of like brought up this other question. It's like, have I ever really loved anyone that I've known? Romantically or friendship wise, both. Anything. And then you go, I don't know. Other than your parents or your family? Well, I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm like, I don't know that I could. And part of it is because he cared for me, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't know that I could care for my dad in the uh, like I don't think I could care for anyone else like in that way as they were like dying like yeah. the things that I you know did for him that's I think a lot of people would say that so then but then it's so then it goes then it puts everything into perspective and so then you're so you know okay your purpose for a year is like taking care of your dying parent and then you go uh, the other things now lack any meaning at all, mm, which is yeah. which is a bummer because during the process, I remember questioning that about comedy, and I really came to the conclusion that it was Im- important, and I still think humor is an extremely important um, tool. I would even call it a survival mechanism, and and Buddhism, you know, calls it that as well. Um, or, or says it's one of the most important things in life. But then why do I not enjoy it? I think also think, I kind of think like the things I started to want to talk about on stage, um, were a little heavier and Mm. I was getting really frustrated, um, about how not evolved people are. Yeah. The audiences. Yeah. Like I saw Joe DeRosa's new hour. Um, it's like a show called, uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, I n- we n- never promised you a rose garden and it's great. And Joe's one of my favorite comedians, you know, even before we were friends, you know, we're friends now, but he, he, he was always been one of my favorite comedians, even before we knew each other that well. 
Um, and it's like a bleak hour, as you would expect from Joe DeRosa. Absolutely. I would be disappointed if it was anything but. Right. And kind of, a, a, you know, a bit existential. And, you know, he talks about just turning, he just turned 45 and he really had like a lot of thoughts uh, about that. And it's been, aging has been difficult for him. He talks about all this in, in the show. I'm not speaking out of school. Um, and like, I enjoyed it so much. And his audience enjoyed it so much. And obviously, I'm not, you know, he's, I, I would say he's a more gifted stand-up comedian at this point than I am, but I'm pretty good, and You're I, good. and so I guess part of it was also that I am frustrated that I, like, set myself up to, with like, with an audience who I really thought at this point would be able to handle the real shit, and I don't. I don't know that they actually can. So you find yourself being misunderstood by the audiences. Yeah. And I mean, this is not necessarily like, so a lot of these shows I'm talking about are New York shows, in which case it would not be like my specific audience. Cause like, it depends. Sometimes you, you think a New York audience sometimes can handle they some are, tough they, shit. They can't, they have no capacity to deal with death. And that's, oh yeah. And that's the one thing I've, I've, you know, because death is such a, like a, and has been for many years, a regular part of my life. And it's, the only thing that we know for sure will happen to each and every one of us and everyone that we love. Goddamn right. Um, and so the fact that people are not only so unprepared for it, but also so unwilling to discuss it mm. actually now repulses me mm. about people. It's like a pussy move. It's like, it's like, what are, you, what are you hiding from? I, I really Death. think a lot of people are afraid to confront it because it's it's, it's like a horrifying truth. Oh, I lo- Death know? makes me so like but the idea like, of dying. We're not, the three of us in this room are not normal people. I guess not. You know what I mean? But also, like, it, 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 but it's also fascinating to me that no one is willing to confront death, but also no one seems to be enjoying life that much. Right. Yeah, that's huge. That's do fucking th- awful. But do you think that people are aware that they're not enjoying life that much or that people that's are just I think they're addicted to their, I think people are addicted yeah. to their own misery and it's really a fucking problem. Well, not, I think, not everybody, obviously, but the ones that are. I and mean, that's why I cut my parents out. Like, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. Well, and you, when you're working such long hours, um, I don't think you have time. You know, that's part of the problem with working for yourself is like, if I want to spend 10 hours in a day thinking about the meaning of life, I can. Right. Yeah, and I don't that's necessarily know that that's a it's good not thing. It's, it's not, not healthy. No. You know? And Might I'm as well so- just do opioids. I'm so jealous of like, especially like my heterosexual male friends who literally, and I know I talk about this a lot, but it's like, I, it, I it's because I'm jealous. Mm. They can just find like an okay girl and spend all of their time. And obviously like they're using the woman the same way that you would use drugs, you know, just to numb and to avoid. But like, I wish I was able to like just find a guy I kind of liked and avoid life for a couple of months. I don't, I don't, I can't. I've I mean, tried. You'd be miserable. That sounds terrible. Everyone does it. Everyone yeah. does it. Ugh, that sounds awful. 
No, thank I'm you. not. This is not. Some, I'm not talking like someone you hate. No, you know? but like someone who's good enough. You know, it's like the, it's very much like my my least favorite song of all time. Love the one you're with. It's very love the one you're with. And I that song has bothered me since I was a child. I, I, I thought, what a fucking insane song to sing. Big hit, though. Big hit because it's a popular Everyone's move. doing it. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know? This show is sponsored by Better Help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big. Uh, But we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters. And you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too, because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories, they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald, and I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GWF for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GWF to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash GWF. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. And then on TikTok, the um, I even saw the kind of you know there was a year, I guess years ago a Reddit thread that went viral of a bunch of men talking about uh the fact that they ended up marrying and having kids with a person who was convenient. Oh, um, God, that's terrible. And it's very much on like the in the vicinity conversation that we had that also went viral on TikTok, but um. Uh, yeah, that that meant there was a big Reddit thread of men who ended up talking, having this conversation about they married the woman that and had kids with the woman who was most convenient, but they did all have like a great love who got away and oh. they thought of her often. Oh, fuck. You well, know, that makes me sad. 
Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it all the time. I mean, yeah. that's like oh, God. extremely common. I'd say like, really? like nine out of 10 people. <laughs> right. That Wait, right. Are you serious? Right. Absolutely. Are yeah. you not what? serious? No, I would never. Why would anybody do that? Most people do Why that. would you be with somebody you weren't mad about? Because it's too much work and too much grief and too much passion, which is not <sighs> good. And most oh. people don't achieve at a certain level. It's not like a lot of right. Like, there's so people, people are under. I do more work right. when I'm madly in love. No, but with, like, I feel safe. Where listen in this in cities, I think there are people that have a propensity to put things like that on hold because they are working on a a larger career. Mm. They're going to law school. Right. They're getting an MBA. Yes. They're yes. In, on Wall Street. They're in fashion. They're in yep. media. They're doing all these things. And that's why they don't just sort of like find somebody, have a bunch of kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think 99% of people, at least in America, don't have a life like that. Yeah. Like they're they're not putting those things on hold because they like haven't met the right person yet and they're just focused on their career. Most people are not actually focused on their career. Right. They have a career and that they it's just what they do and they like work for their for whatever company they work for and they're not like I think people that live in suburbs are often like very excited to just kind of like let themselves go. Like to just at a certain point stop like taking great care of themselves and trying to achieve and and I guess that that would make me really want to kill myself. Yeah, but I think that a lot of people that's just like it's kind of like a towny mentality. But like a lot of people that I grew up with, most most people, I guess. Yeah, like I have some friends that I grew up with that have really done well for themselves and have like a beautiful life, and they they are married and they have a kid. Like my best friend Evan, shout out uh, him and his wife. Shout out Evan and Jackie have a great family and a great life, and they are not the people that I'm talking about. They have like a suburban life where they have a beautiful new house. They have a beautiful, beautiful baby. Uh, They're very much in love. They're like perfect for each other. And they both have awesome jobs. Like they're, they're kicking ass. And a lot of, a lot of other people that were, were our group of friends when we were growing up don't have that. Like they don't necessarily have that stuff in play. And it's a little like, it's hard because people aren't given good examples of what your life could be like, not through pop culture, not through their own parents, not through their own family, not to the people they're surrounded with. And so it's like, if you have this certain idea of what your options are and you don't even know that it's limited, you're going to, you're going to drive yourself into the mud with just misery, which is current union, New Jersey, right? Union and Edison, not very different in in like our upbringing. Do you think a lot of people that you grew up with are, are like kicking ass in life or are they just kind of like no but I think they're kind of like semi-content you know and so I think part of the problem is that I want so much for myself and have already gotten so much that it's just like okay well when is this itch going to be scratched and then secondly I think when you're talking about like so it's hard to know what you want when you've never seen anyone else get get anything and thought wow I want that I've never mm. looked at how anyone else's life ended up maybe Cher is the closest example Cher. <laughs> yeah. she's a great one she's a good example yeah, yeah sure. that bitch is doing it she's good. awesome yeah um but it's like I I've just I it's not like you know people describe like even like the, the, that you know your friend that you just described like the nice house and the nice baby that sounds wonderful for them and totally. I'm so happy for them that gives me hives. That sounds awful. 
That and sounds I, like an awful existence. And I was for using me. them as for the me. best case scenario yes. of that. Like yeah. to me, they they live the suburban life that I like. Like to me, seems like okay. This is like sure they they've won. They've like won suburban life. This is exactly like this should be the pinnacle of if you want to live that life. Like they fucking crushed it. Right. Whereas like a lot of other people that we grew up around like didn't do that. Mm-hmm. They they kind of when you grow up in a lot of like sort of like whatever towns I, you don't like Christina said you don't have an example of of like prosperous yeah. people uh, around you really I, yeah. I, I didn't I right. didn't have a lot of that I, well I think it also just really does go back to kind of my joke and just like when you have so much within yourself so it's like okay if you're if you're not really actively looking for things outside of yourself then what what are you doing in the world right. you know so it's just like in relationships or like with, it's like, you know, a lot of people are getting on stage, you know, for example, to do comedy because they need the audience to say, I love you and I hear you. Yep. That doesn't do it means nothing to me. They yeah. could laugh. They could laugh with me. They could laugh at me. They could boo me off stage. I'd feel the same way about all of those things. The boo- booing actually would maybe bring me a little more joy because <laughs> it would be funny. What has made you fall out of love with stand up? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, maybe it's just a natural. Thing. I think part of it is just like I, the, I, I'm, I threw away. You know, I we put in the special all the kind of like I would say tier one material, mm-hmm. and now I moved on to tier two. And people don't want to talk about anything more complex. And I was already coming in like with kind of some weird ideas, mm-hmm. um, and like so I have no interest in continuing to talk about tier one things when I have graduated from those. Yeah, for sure. And so if I can't talk about what I want, I mean, obviously, you know, it's my job to create a way in which we can talk about this. And I'm not saying there's no audience that, you know, you know, people have done full specials about death, obviously. Um, Staying home. One of my favorite ones. You know, it's just, it's kind of led then it's like rebuilding your audience from scratch, I suppose. Yeah. Also, well, you know, have you ever, I mean, every, you know, and Cher has done this so many times and I've been, this is one of my things for 2023 is this is like reinventing yourself. Yeah. Bob Dylan, same thing. Fucking love. I've never tried it. But I'm going to fucking try it. Cher is a really I'm going to try to reinvent my fucking but self. Every, every couple years. It's easier to do when, you, when you're a pop star. How do you reinvent yourself as a comedian? Here, oh. Can oh, I ask you a question related to comedy? Like what's a, who's a comedian who's reinvented themselves? There's not many that have, but right. like fuck George it Carlin. just because it hasn't been done. George Collar, you know, he's been through a lot of iterations. Yeah. Well, yeah, some, yeah. a lot of times some Chappelle, I think, has been through a lot of iterations of himself. I don't know that he intentionally tried to reinvent himself, but he's evolved in a way that I really enjoy. Yeah. I think the comedy reinventions, I think what's happening there is that uh, comedy evolves. And so it's like either you you get left behind, you know, which I would argue happened to Jerry Seinfeld a little bit. Yeah. Because um, he did not reinvent himself. Yeah. And so you stay with that old style or you are able to adjust into you know, the new, yeah. uh, you know, cause comedy will continue continuously rebirths, but also reinvention is like, if the first iteration of yourself that people see is pretty much who you really are and you like who you are, mm-hmm. then how do you reinvent that? I say you add another layer, you add another layer yeah. and you, and you discuss, and dis- you have to discover what that layer is. You kind of have to mine for that layer of yourself and it because it, it has to be one that you really enjoy that you love dancing in and stepping in right. um, that works for you and it's trial and error it's like finding a therapist like finding a boyfriend like finding the right you know house like it's it's all 
Can I ask you something though? As as somebody who has heard you talk about uh, personal romantic relationships, mm-hmm. the idea of love and the idea of sort of being with one person for the rest of your life mm-hmm. is not some a, a, a philosophy that seems like you really um, buy into. I don't think it's, it doesn't seem feasible for me. So do you feel that that, yeah. why would that be any different for a craft or a job? Right. That's good. And that's, you know? that's also what the pattern app said, Michael. Is that right? Ooh, Michael. <laughs> yeah. You pay me line. $7 a month. And just, all. <laughs> a, just a real, no, I don't, I don't do the pay one anymore. No, I'm just fucking It's right just a it. real pain in the ass, um, basically to have to like cre- create a, a, like, you know, uh, just say goodbye to something that you've not only excelled in, but that has brought you so much joy, yeah. you know? And I mean, it's not uncommon, lot, many, many, many standups and great, uh, is quick comedy and come successful. Back. Emma Wilma has, <laughs> right. uh, Tommy oh, Pope has, um, oh, yeah, uh, a lot of people. Have, I mean, all of the comedians from like the nineties, basically. Yeah. Like when people, when comedians were getting sitcoms uh-huh. after a while, it's like, like Seinfeld went so long without doing stand-up sure until sure just, like felt the need again right you know judd apatow right. ellen i mean these are people who won't won't do stand-up for years and then will do it again mm. and so it's very common obviously but it's just like it was something that meant so much to you and then it's also like well there needs to be something else like there to right. take its place there has to be something yeah yeah you and know. finding that it can be lonely and sad and terrifying in a way because if because in the meantime you don't have a thing yeah. And it's, you know, jarring. But that, I mean, maybe that's what this year brings you is that yeah. that new spark of whatever it is. You know, you've talked about the party planning stuff. Maybe right. that could be it. Like you should spend the year trying a few things out and just seeing, you know, what kind of lights you up a little bit. You I know? know. I think I'm just going to travel a lot and not yeah. for work. But yeah, just fuck it. Just give a few things a try because this is bound to happen. Like you're not going to like the same things at 40 that you did at 30 or the same things that you liked at 20. I mean, some things. I was but... hoping that, that, you know, there's one thing that I could like the whole time, though. I don't but know. The, the animal. It doesn't sound like well, you're yeah, yeah, done with stand up. It just sounds no, you're like going you're going through a, right. a, a normal rut with it. No. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think that there are like, like I, I can't see myself like ever not liking baseball. But when right. you really think of that in the grand scheme of life, it's like sure liking one thing and, and going through waves where it's your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't I inhibit liked your Diet evolution. I Coke the whole time. Yeah, exactly. You right. A you like Tim Curry the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you have. You know, like yeah. that's not going anywhere. I like yeah. the Spice Girls the whole time. Yeah, right. You love so your dog the whole time. Mm-hmm. There's and nothing all wrong animals. with finding some new shit that you like. That's like what life's about is yeah. the evolution, you know, who the, who the new, the and new you do, is. Every I just don't have any other really real skills, Michael, as part you of the You develop problem. them. I Make bet a, you do. You, you have them in you. You just have to develop them for mm-hmm. sure. I saw you twerp a ton at Skankfest. You still got that? <laughs> I need that video, by the way. Oh, I, I forget it. to ask you every single oh, week. Oh, yeah. I'll send it to you. I'll send it. Remind me before we leave. Um, well... Yeah, I want to reinvent myself. I think it would be sick. I've never really tried it. Um, like, what does that look like to you? I, I don't know. I have oh. to find it. Okay. But I, I, I think I, I love, um, I think share is, because I, I had it in my head when I thought, I think I want to reinvent myself. Share is probably the top. Share and Beyonce. Beyonce has fucking reinvented herself so many goddamn times. But share probably is the best example of reinventing yourself. And I think there's a lot of like solace in that. Because I think I you experience deaths of versions of yourself as you go through life. That's something everyone does, whether you recognize it or not. And mm-hmm. share just pops up and is like a master at doing whatever the new thing. Yeah. She's like when she's she just, just like, this is what I'm doing now. Deal with it. Was it. Like, 
Yeah. I think she got it. I think she won the Oscar for that, didn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Incredible. She just like came off the bench and was like, let me just win this Oscar real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I'm just like looking back in the like, because I've been watching a lot of videos of the podcast. Trying, uh, so I'm trying to learn how to edit with with Adobe Premiere, and, which is really fun and kind of addicting. But like through watching all these videos of the podcast, you know, I, I've been watching myself <laughs> talk over people, bring up the mom stuff too much, like all of the things that I'm like, oh, I think that's a thing that I have that I don't want to look at. You can kind of force yourself to look at it. And that's been it's been very good because one of my goals for 2023 um, is to not take anything personally. It's so hard for me, but it's it, I've been getting better at it. Um, but, yeah, I think um, one of the things I feel like my personal romantic relationship uh, uh, has like clicked into a, a way of existing that's like so nice um cuz i've had a lot of anxiety around it for for various reasons and so i just want to enjoy that but one of the things that has i've observed is it's almost as hard like i want to numb i i used to think i wanted to numb out when i experience bad things when i think about the moms all all the trauma shit but I, I noticed um in trying to be more self-aware which is fucking exhausting um that i numb out and i get scared when i feel overwhelmingly happy it's weird. Mm. I'm like, well, I didn't even know that was a thing that people could. It's a trauma response. Oh, yeah. is it? I think a lot of people think that. Yeah. I've never really. I mean, I guess I've always acted like that. I just you're never not really noticed allowing it. yourself to be happy because you're Literally. waiting for the other shoe yes. to drop. Oh, well, yeah. I guess that. Yeah. 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 It's just like I. I want to numb out and go for the Adderall or go for the weed or go for the whatever the fuck it is when I'm overly happy and I'm like, that's that's not good. Because you're used to being sad. Right. I guess so. Yeah. But I love being happy so much. So you just Uh, have to... Being happy is good. (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) pretty great. to be happy and then it's just like, yeah, eventually something bad will happen. For sure. But that's just how life is. Well, yeah. One of the things I'm also realizing is like everything is cyclical. Everything comes in waves. Everything Mm -hmm. has a season. And I've, I've really done a great job the last couple times that I fell into like a deep depression, I've gone, I've gotten to a place where I'm like, Hey, you, I will feel joy in three days. So like it's, it's, it will come, like it will go away. And I actually believe myself when I say that, which is awesome. And then I, cause I proved it to be true, which is really great, but I'm just trying to enjoy the happy things in my life. They fucking freak me out. Um, but I'm getting better at it. Um, I'm reading this, listening, one of the books that I'm listening to, because a lot of people, uh, recommend books to me. And sometimes I just happen to see the DM. Like I'll go into my other inbox and just have, and I'll just, for some reason, my brain just certain times I get book recommendations, I just download it right away and I get into the book and I'm like, Oh fuck, this is exactly what I wanted to hear. There's this book that I was really looking forward to to listening to um, because I, I feel like it lends itself to me giving better advice on the guys we've fucked, but it's called How to Be an Adult in Relationships by David Richo. And one of the things he points out that I found interesting is... Um, That's cool, those guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> find out if he's like... I want to see what he looks like. Oh, uh, I have no idea. Um, but he taught one of the things he talked about that I was like, oh, that's very interesting, is the the idea of being attached in a relationship is actually very unhealthy. The idea of falling in love, like we say fall into a coma, you fall to your death, like falling in love. I trust them. Yeah, yeah. Um, What does he look like? (laughs) That was so quick. Okay, yeah, he looks like a doctor. (laughs) Yeah, he does look like he's a little profesh, profesh guy. I trust him. 
Um, but this idea of not being attached in any way in a relationship and just existing side by side mm. was a very interesting concept that I kind of haven't gotten out of my head since I heard it in the audiobook. And I've been really paying attention to myself in my own relationship. And I, and I've been able to, when I notice myself being like too clingy, too attached, too like, no, fix me, daddy kind of shit. I can mm. get out of it because I'm like, oh, that's just the anxious part of me. And that's okay. Like that part, that part's never going to stop coming up. But you just got to go, it's okay part. And inner child work have been doing a lot, but like, you know, in a very healthy way where I find myself in these like darker emotional times, which have, thank God have been fewer and far, far between, um, where I notice like, oh, there's a part of me that's like stuck. Like it's stuck. Like my shoe is stuck in gum, but like, like a, like a diesel version of gum where I can't get out and, um, kind of meeting myself wherever the moment I got stuck was not really needing to identify it, but more like uh, talking to myself in the way that I actually need to be talked to. Cause that whole idea, I think I said this a couple episodes ago, but if you weren't nurtured, um, in the way that you needed to, how do you provide that for yourself? Because you, 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 part of human existence and like a human, human beings childhood is longer than any other childhood for any animal mm-hmm. on this planet, which I find very interesting. We're very dependent on our parents. You know, a, a baby fawn can be born and then two, three days later or even the same day, it's walking. I know 38 year olds who are still dependent on their parents. Wow. Yeah. Italian men. Wow. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Grazie. It's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, I have some friends so who call their parents uh, so often. It's like I, I, it's like mind blowing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, At yeah, a certain yeah. point, I just resolved to my. I, I just like I just made Get a promise to myself tit. that I just like I go from this point on. You just don't call your parents anymore, and you figure it out on your own. Yeah. And I just stuck stuck to it. Yeah. 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 And I and I, I well speaking of that, like I'm really. Um, Really glad that I made the decision to stop speaking with both of my parents. Very hard decision because it's like you feel like a feel like a little orphaned but you're like well yeah because i i would go oh well now who do i go to for advice and support but then you go was i really getting advice and support from them i don't know like i was getting this version of it that wasn't really helpful right and also kind of like that's the thing at this age it's like not that you shouldn't ask your parents anymore but like there are people that are still like attached at the teat for sure yeah and that's it, not good either yeah the one thing i do it's like there is like an unconditional love that mothers give their kids or sure. i guess dads give their kids that's just like supportive no matter what kind of thing that i yeah. I certainly did get from my parents uh, at times. Yeah. Um, my dad did say once to me, you've never done anything that I could be openly proud of. And that that hurt. But uh, as he was sitting in the house that I have bought. Yikes. Yeah. So um, and yeah, uh, but I think sadly, parents see stuff like that kind of like semi often, you yeah, know, yeah, to their yeah. kids. I, I think not mine. I, I think they don't <laughs> not mine. Either, Maybe but, behind your back. But I've heard a lot of stories Maybe. like that. I think they also like, you know, sometimes people say things and they don't realize just like the damage it does. Yeah. How it deep cuts, that's going to cut. Yeah. It cuts deep. Yeah. And for sure. Like, I don't know that he really realized he was holding a sword and putting it into my heart that's bad. when he said that. And yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. just said it in anger. I don't and I wouldn't I would argue. He that wasn't I even mad. I don't don't necessarily think well he would if you're not yelling you, know, you can still be mad in your heart no, about maybe. other things maybe you know? for sure yeah for sure it might have been coming so from something wild. else i, I just, can't believe i just don't think if he i just yeah. don't think like if he was like on a lie detector test that he would actually answer that yeah maybe not maybe not um but yeah just it's it's but it's been a good decision and i love like the the, the i do like i say every fucking intro on this podcast i do a patreon thing there's a lot of people in the patreon like i tracked a lot of people with parent issues which i totally understand because it's something that I, you know, it's nice to talk about 
about with other people that experience it, like in a more niche little way in mm-hmm. this, this group Zoom therapy, in quotes, Chad, uh, sessions. But it's it's like, oh, wow, it's it's nice to hear other people that have cut their parents off for decades, some of them, and they're yeah. like, best decision I ever made because mm-hmm. no one would ever encourage you to stay in an abusive relationship. Why would people encourage you to stay in an abusive parent relationship? It's so funny. I do follow a couple accounts that are like, you know, helping people get away from toxic parents and offering support for that. And a right. lot of them, a lot of them say like, people are going to tell you, but it's your mom. I'm like, honestly, no one's told me that. No one's ever been like, but why? Not one, even a stranger has has been like that. So I, cause I feel like people, you know, they don't want to push you to stay in an abusive thing. But anyway, my, uh, in terms of resolutions, I've been thinking about I want to incorporate more activities in my day to day that make me focus on something other than myself and doing acts of service. I signed up for this volunteer organization, like a soup kitchen mm-hmm. thing. Um, in God's love, we deliver. It's a great organ. They have like um, kitchens all around the city um, and it's super easy to sign up. But I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be of, more of service to the people in my life, my friends um, and the projects that I'm working on and be like really present and like constantly asking myself, like, how can I be doing more? Because I feel like I've just been phoning it in pretty much the whole time uh, because I've been too overwhelmed by my emotions. And I'm, that stops this fucking year um, and just adding more silliness to my life. I get so heavy and it's so exhausting and I hate it. And I forget like in those moments, like I just forget like silliness is what makes life worth living it really is because there's a lot of bleak shit happening and it's like if you can't find like areas of levity throughout these moments these pockets in your life like every fucking day like so i have like a saved album on my instagram that like is just stupid shit that makes me (laughs) laugh like like um Pinterest fails when people try to make a cake for their kid and it just looks like shit. There's all these, there's so many videos that like, just, my boyfriend sent me a video of Mariah Carey, someone auto-tuned, I don't want to, I don't, the Christmas song and she just kept going up and up and I'm like, that shit makes me fall to my knees laughing. It's so stupid. So I have, like I look at that stuff every day, like stuff that makes me cry laughing because it's so, the fucking milk jug video that you The milk jugs are the best. The milk jugs are like still to this day it's just kids who go to supermarkets it's a whole phenomenon (laughs) and they just run down the aisle and then they fall and then the milk goes everywhere they they throw a gallon of milk (laughs) up into the the air it's funniest Next to like an Can old lady, most like a delinquent thing, like an old unassuming lady that's like picking out eggs and they yeah. literally throw this giant gallon of milk up into the sky and it crashes down uh. and they fall and the old lady's like, oh my God, are you okay? Funnier than any film or stand-up special <laughs> ever created. Is this created. a TikTok thing? Uh, no, this this was before TikTok. This was like on, you know, on YouTube that yeah. started. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I've ever this seen is, this. This is an old school thing. Funny. But it's, I, my favorite thing is like introducing people to this and then just watching them and because like when you're oh, when you're describing yeah. it it seems it, juvenile and it is but you all know like i fucking loved like i love impractical jokers yeah. i mean i've cried laughing many times watching impractical <sighs> right, jokers. Right, yes. right there was a, the time when we were on the road when i would call hotels ahead of time to make sure that they had true tv so i could watch <laughs> impractical joker i would yeah. run home from shows i didn't know that yeah but like my whole life there was like a year when i'm not joking you and <laughs> that's I, so funny i told sal this when we you know we finally i was like I don't think you understand the profound effect that you've yeah. had on my life, Sal. But that's the, the that levity, that silliness in your life makes everything better. Like that, the laughing that I just did when I was recalling these videos, like that is exactly, that's what everybody needs. And it's so easy to forget, man. It's so easy to forget this fucking thing. 
Memes are pretty funny. Memes are so good. This is when you're a few blocks away from the home and you start losing the battle and it's like a thing of like a beehive in a statue's ass and it looks like shit coming out. (laughs) (laughs) And this fucking thing, this fucking Ashley Simpson. I don't think we can play that. No, we can play a couple seconds of it. All right. Uh, also, I feel Ashley like and Jessica Simpson uh, out singing themselves. I feel like it doesn't pick up when it's a live version of the uh, of the song oh, too, good. in like the uh, oh. in the robot algorithm. Maybe yeah, not because yeah. I think like it's like it's like when you try to Shazam a live version of a song and it's like it's like what, what are you talking about? Yeah, what? Sure, I don't sure. get it. Sure. What are you singing? So yeah, this year's all going to be about lightness for me for the first time. I'm coming out of the dark, and um, that's it. That's all I got. Nice. Michael, uh, I I don't have much. I mean, I had a great year. I'm sorry to hell to, yeah, no good. <laughs> Someone needs to gotta have a fucking good year. Honestly, this is one of the best years I've had in in a long time. Good. Amazing. Um, good. I had I took a lot of big steps. Obviously, I moved into my own place and uh, kind of made the steps to start my own business and like production company and everything. So that's the first resolution that I have is to really actually finally get that off the ground for real mm-hmm. like ex- like ex- show it to the world you know um so that's the big one that's uh, exciting the other one actually does kind of play into some of the stuff that you were saying corinne uh the other one that i have is it's kind of like a hyphenated resolution i have be more social but also just make new friends make mm-hmm. more friends mm-hmm. i definitely feel some of what you were saying about feeling like you've outgrown some people and kind of it's about the caliber of person yeah in, 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 in i think uh both in dating and in friendships i've outgrown and i'm not talking about my core friends yeah sure. i'm talking not about everybody yeah i'm right. talking about for on the outskirts i need i need to be around a, a new caliber of person mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. i i feel the same way too i I think this year I had a lot of friends that moved out of the city that moved to uh, either other cities, close friends, mm-hmm. you know, that I kind of were, were my go to people to, to hang out with mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the time. And um, I think towards the end of the year, now that it's winter, I feel a, a little bit lonely just because there there's less people to go out with. There's also, you know, it's, you said something to me on Halloween, Corinne, when, oh God. when we were, no, no, it's not bad. When we were, when we were on our way. No, to sometimes the party, I say things that stick with people too long and I go, I don't know that you necessarily want to, want to like take, take on my outlook. No, 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 no. It's, it's, you're right. The, the, like you said something where you were just like, oh no, I'm right. I just there, don't want you to know the truth for your own they, fucking sake. There, there were just a lot of people that I think were going to be going out with us that night that, mm-hmm. that, that canceled. And they, mm-hmm. uh, you were just like, everybody is getting so old and boring. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah, part yeah. of like what is kind of happening at our age. A lot uh-huh. of people, really the first hell half of what we just talked about are retreating in a lot of ways to yeah. just their own private lives. Boo. So for me, I'm just trying to find some more people that I can do things that I like with, even if it's just like little things go to theater the shows go to yeah, yeah see play shows. basketball do yeah. whatever just like hang out with well because uh, people night. stop incorporating fun and that's the thing so right. it's like usually when you when we start approaching these like mid to late 30s oh, it's like people are either just stop having fun 
in the same way that we interpreted it when we were younger, or they're absolute fuckboy delinquents. Right. And I also can't, I don't want to hang out with those people. I can't either. Yeah, you can't do that. That's not. We are know. too old for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I never really liked those those kind right. of people, even when I was younger. You right. know. And like you know, one of the people I went to the script club uh, with was like a longtime friend, and he's like married, has a has a young child, one of the best married marriages I know of. Yeah. You know. But like, and then part of it is because like his wife knows that he's at a strip club with his female friend and she's fine with it. So it's like a healthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the big thing is like, I I feel like when, when I started doing stand up in my early twenties, that was where I made all my New York friends. Right. That's that's when I met you guys and and everything. And, and obviously this is a relationship that's still going strong, but a lot of those people have quit or stopped like left left the city like they're just not around anymore so it's like some of them been scared out of the city yeah totally and I think that uh, I as a point of growth I I feel like from 23 to like my late 20s I did a lot of growing in my social life and uh, you know I had friends all over the city in every neighborhood and and, like I could go here and run into somebody and I can go here sure and I would like to have a little bit of that again and I think Mm -hmm. that I've been holding myself back from doing that because I got a little too comfortable in my apartment this year. Like I finally got like a comfortable space. But that's so nice to spend time in your space, your solo space for the first time. To be the only person in the apartment is a magical Mm. thing. It's It's a magical experience. But too much of it, I think, is bad. You don't want to get into a situation. Yeah, right. Sometimes a pendulum has to swing hard in the other direction for you to go, oh, okay, this, I need to find a balance by incorporating a little bit more social time. Yes, and that's yeah. so that's exactly right. That's my mission for the the, the next year. That's like nice. my big resolution is just to like kind of get out there a little more. Yeah, and and just trying to put myself in situations where I can meet people that are a little more like minded to where I am now. Yeah, um, and see if there can be some like new adult friendships that develop in like Beautiful. a helpful, healthy way. You know, Beautiful. and then the last one, uh, you know, uh, the classic. I gotta uh, lose ten pounds. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Why not? You know what? This is so exciting. This is the first year in like, I don't know, a decade when I don't have to lose any weight. You look great. Thank you. You look great. (laughs) You both do. So wonderful. Um, Also, I am going, speaking of 2023, I got a lot of tour dates, okay? I'm going to read some of them to you. Nyack, New York. I'm doing Levity Live February 2nd to 4th. Winnipeg, Canada. Rumors, February 9th through the 11th. New Westminster, British Columbia, Canada. House of Comedy, March 16th through the 18th. Dallas, Texas, March 24th through the 26th. Boston, Massachusetts, April 14th and 15th. Edmonton, Canada, April 20th through the 22nd. And Detroit, Michigan, House of Comedy, April 28th and 29th. I have a couple other dates later in the year, but they're too far away, so I'm not going to read them. All right. And then for me, uh, obviously, we have the big New Year's Eve show, which I'm sure you're jazzed about coming to after I just t- uh, told you how much I hate stand up. <laughs> yeah, you're doing this. This is your show, though. So it'll be fun. Um, I know. I, I was like, I can just I, I just can hear my my agents listening to this going, fucking Corinne, you cannot be managed. Um, yeah, but I'm ex- I am excited to do the New Year's show because it's with all of my friends. And so, you know, I. 
you know, and like, listen, the one thing about me is I can always pull it together and 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 show up when it comes to showtime. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very much that's it, show business, baby. Annie, I was raised on Annie, get your gun even before I was myself a performer. There's no business like show business. You know, even when they told you that your fucking dad died at noon or whatever the lyrics are, you show up and it, completely unhealthy lifestyle. But mm-hmm. I will always show up and I will always um, do my best or close enough that you wouldn't notice. Um, and so that is 6 p.m. on New uh, New Year's Eve, which is Saturday, December 31st, if you're not aware, at the New York Comedy Club, East Village, 85 East 4th Street. It's me. It's Christina Hutchinson. It's Chloe LeBranch, Maddie Smith, Ryan Long, Lev Fur. And I think Danny Polishchuk is also going to be there. Nice. Um, uh, so that's great. And then after that, uh, I was not sure if this was going to happen. We were having some problems with the liquor license, but we got the liquor license for the event. And so my friend uh, Ronnie Lordi and I, uh, Jersey fellow, Strong, fellow Jersey, Edison baby, fellow Jersey, house. and his mom, you know, is from Union. So we're very I didn't tight. Know that. She's yeah, his mom is from Union. Um, we are co-producing a huge New Year's. Eve party uh, and it was just it, it happened kind of very serendipitously because you know in this existential crisis I was thinking of things that bring me joy and I do love throwing parties but I'm just like I don't know just since my dad got sick I don't really like people in my home anymore um, and so I uh, and so Ronnie like out of nowhere we had the dog park together and he was just like I have this venue um, I want to throw like a sick party. I threw a smaller one last year. Would you want to go in on it with me? And like, I'm saying like, we're putting out serious cash to, you know, to do this. Um, and, uh, I said, fuck yeah. It's like, you read my mind. Um, nice. so yeah, it's, it's at, uh, it's called the firehouse at engine 31. Ooh. It's 87 Lafayette street. It is an old, uh, <gasps> firehouse that they oh, have repurposed on. into a party venue. Um, it starts at 10 PM and it goes to two 30 AM. There is a small comedy show at the beginning of that, uh, because Ronnie runs a really popular show called barbershop. There's always a catch. Um, I know hmm. I tried to talk him out of the comedy thing and he goes, no, but the barbershop people love it. I go, okay, whatever. I mean, I'll be performing on that one too. Uh, cause I have my name's on it. So I, I got to, but that'll be quick. And, and then there's another room if you don't want to listen to the comedy, honestly, where you can just start drinking. Um, but it's a really cool venue. And uh, the theme is interstellar. So it's Love like, that. you know, space themed. It'll be really fun. I'm the one who fought for a theme. I was like, we got to do it. Yeah, I love a theme. Um and uh, tickets are uh, on Eventbrite, and you can get them through the link tree link in my bio. It's you know uh, very easy, but it's a hundred dollars, and it's all, all you can drink, open bar all night. It's amazing. Um, plus DJ, two rooms, really cool. I'll be there. It's great price. All the friends will be there. Yeah, we try to keep it like you know where we're not like losing money, but this is not like we're not doing this as like a big money making venture for us. We're just doing it because like we wanted to throw a kick ass party, and then we'll see where that leads us. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, so those are two events and then uh going into uh some limited tour dates for 2023 um just because i have to get a gauge of some stuff for some other stuff basically so i'll be going to austin texas uh friday february 10th that's one show only at the vulcan gas company Houston, Texas, uh, at Rockefellers. That's uh, February 11th. 
that which is a Saturday. There's two shows that night. And then Toronto, Canada. I haven't been to you in a while, so I'm coming back uh, Friday, February 17th and Saturday, February 18th at Comedy Bar. All those ticket links are up at CorinneFisher.com. Also in the link tree link in my bio for all those. The New Year's shows, everything, everything, everything is up. Um, so yeah, and then we'll and then we'll take it from there and I'll f- find out something um you know, extra to do with my uh, life. But, you know, I'll see you on the podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So without further ado. And there was a lot of ado. There was a lot of ado. <laughs> a lot of there ado. was an, I would say should, much ado about a ado. lot of shit. I would say there was an excess of ado. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you're going to get more ado. Uh, this episode's an email episode. And if you're a Luminary subscriber, you're hearing this a week earlier. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. So this is not the last episode for you, technically, of 2022. But you can get started on your new year earlier. Yeah, that's, that's right. What, that's what your subscription got you. Absolutely. And one of the things that we do on Luminary is we do a, a certain number of bonus episodes per year. And all those bonus episodes are emails, our email episodes where we we have a magical inbox. Sorry about last night's show at gmail.com. Uh, keep your stories and questions coming. Um, but we're doing basically uh, the format of a bonus episode that we would usually do for Luminary for this new year episode. We're going to read some of your emails. Emails. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Mike was smiling. We're not. We're not smiling. It's Christmas morning, so it's time for me to come. And you better get me gifts, cause I'm on the naughty list. Mrs. Claus won't let Santa near these tits. Now let my pussy light the way, I'll be your guide all through this lake. Got dicks dashing, they're dancing, pants prancing, I'm a fixin'. Let's start blitzing. I'll get the Christmas tree all lit, light up the weed and take a hit. Puff, 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 pass, pump, pump, pump. Shake your ass, pump, pump, pump. Captain Morgan, rum, pump, pump, pump. Shots of rum, pump, pump, pump. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. 
NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Okay, fuckers, so for the first episode of 2023, we're going to read some emails from you, from from our listeners. Thank you so much for writing us and telling us all of your thoughts. Um, Some of them are welcome. Some of them I could do without, but you know what? I'm glad you reached out. This first subject line is the liar on trial. Hey, ladies and Mike, I have to tell you about my most recent dating experience. I feel they just keep getting worse. (laughs) Buckle up, girl. And I'm not actively looking for a partner. But if I meet someone out in the wild, not online, and I'm attracted to them, I will go on a date. I'm a 40-year-old successful business owner, female, attractive and smart. At least I think so. A week ago, I met a guy at the park while playing co-ed volleyball. Hmm. Look at you getting out there. Yeah, that's great. And volleyball, what a, what a good sport. We started talking because he was in the same industry as me, both financial advisors, and we had some things in common. He asked me out after our game and exchanged social social media accounts, Facebook, because we are old. First date. That's a, couple- a lie also, and I've believed it my whole life, but I just got to be like, as, it's 40 is like not old at all. No, it, it's really I not. I was looking at old it's pictures really uh, of I'm- myself, and I was like, I look better every year. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like sure. ridiculous. Like it's just not old at all. I don't feel old at all. It's not old, but what happens is you age out of like what, like hip. There's like a difference eh, between I, old. I don't know. You don't think no, so? No, you don't. Ha- you don't have. You don't have to. Many people it takes do. Takes a lot of effort to not age out of hip. Maybe, many people do, but I was like, I. That's why I'm on TikTok all the time. I'm yeah. not even joking, you. Yeah. I know all the fucking trends. All the I know all the songs. I know all the things that kids are doing. I know that the kids are in the K holes. I know everything. Mm. I know everything. <laughs> well, and also you have to as a stand up because yeah, not, you got to be in touch. I'm performing for people who are like in their fucking early 20s. Like I have sure. to reference things that they know about. You dead know? ass. Yes. We got to keep up. Yeah, dead ass. Um, first date a couple days later went well. Hung out for a few hours. Go got good deep conversations. Laughed and had sexual chemistry. No sex, just a lot of making out sessions and groping nice Ooh, those are my favorite we talked on the phone morning and night when not at work oh a little codependent but okay and went on a couple more dates that week once he made me dinner and another i helped him with one of his rentals that he that was being refurbished okay this sounds kind of fun he told me on several different occasions that he was meeting with clients downtown and that he was working on a deal with them to save taxes and investing in business ventures this required meeting with their accountant as well who he said was inept The next day, he told me that these clients decided to hire him to do all the work and he would be paid four times his normal $1,500 an hour. Whoa, that's a lot. He really wanted me to be impressed by him, which I wasn't. (laughs) I was. He sent me a picture of his office. The view. Office is in quotes. It is in quotes. The view, parentheses, the view was the building across the street from him. My brain immediately thought he was at the courthouse as I recognized the architecture. Oh, shit, girl. I decided to do a background check on him and found several years of judgments against him Mm. and civil suits filed against him, his businesses, and another woman with the same last name as him. His (laughs) ex-wife. I also found that he is currently on trial for fraud. Uh, Good looking into that, girl. I would have been like, ah, it's a fairy tale. Um, He's currently on trial for fraud and theft and reports to court every day at 10.30 a.m., which is downtown. 
now. Okay, I will say though, like all the things that he's getting in trouble for is financial, and so it doesn't really affect you in these early stages. I mean, yes, obviously, like don't pursue a relationship with him, but I was like, you know, there's so many times when the, you, you you do that and it's like rape or murder. So right, right, right. Not right, that right. you know, I, I I understand how bar the how low the bar is. I understand, yeah, but I'm just it's saying so like. Low. Ah, Fuck you! Can, Aiden you can murder. You can fuck a guy who's uh, guilty of fraud. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, in maybe business, he's got a good dick. I think a lot. This stuff ha- people end up in if they're like serious business people, they end up in court a lot for stuff like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, I, perhaps, well, I also, I guess maybe perhaps because she's a financial advisor, she cares more about fucking a guy who's committed fraud. But <laughs> if you got a good right. dick and you committed fraud, let me know. Because <laughs> I don't care. Maybe about she that. would fuck a guy who's not good at comedy but tries at comedy, like you know, yeah. to each her own. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I've done that too. But you know, I just, I yeah, I just can't be fucking like rapists or murderers. Right. That's a good. Mm. Uh, that's those are good bumpers yeah. for the bowling ball lane that is your life. Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to meet up with him that night. And when he called me, I asked how court was today. Damn, girl. (laughs) That's sick. That's what I would do. That is pretty sick. (laughs) He was silent. He asked me to repeat myself, which I did. Then he asked me to hold on for a minute. He came back on the phone some moments moments later and played it off like no big deal. Mm. I told him I couldn't hang out with him, but did not say why. I think he pieced it together. And you know what? Let him piece it together. Don't fucking give it to him. The next day, I decided to look up all the real estate in his name. (laughs) This is fun. He began transferring the deeds to properties into the lady's name that showed up earlier in the court records. Then I found proof that he is still married to her and they have been married for years. This man only speaks and breathes lies. Ooh, that's why that dick is so good. Yeah, it <laughs> sucks. There were there were many more, but I won't bore you with them all. This man is also about to go to prison for fraud, and his wife may be going down with him. That's kind of hot. You fucked a bad boy. <laughs> you did fuck a bad boy, girl. Well, you got groped by a bad boy. Yeah. You made out with a bad boy. Oh, that's right. You didn't even fuck you him. You didn't even fuck him. Oh. I definitely try to fuck him before he goes off to prison for a while. Good fucking Or when he's in prison. Ooh, Ooh conjugal oh. visits. But she can't because she's, she's not, not the wife. Not married. Oh, you, that, that conjugal no. get visits are only for uh, you have to be legal spouses. Yeah, That's why so many people prefers... get married within when they're in prison, like so uh, Damien Eccles, so they can fuck. Yeah, it's like being it's like being Catholic or Amish. You know, you get married so you can fuck. I know um, too much about prison romance. Apparently, we just found out in that segment. <laughs> <laughs> Has a woman ever been in prison and then got a boyfriend? Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I haven't heard about it. Me but, either. Uh, what's uh, not Blake Lively, the other one from Gossip Girl. Leighton Meester? Yeah, she was born in prison. Her mom was in prison when she was Whoa. had her. That's just fun. a little fun trivia that She's I know. so that hot. Sick. Thank you. Uh, okay, so good fucking riddance. My, my picker is so broken. Girl, no, it's not. You did your research. You found out. And you found out things that made you not want to proceed. Also, fraud, like, fraud, like the things that he has been is guilty of, like, I wouldn't say, like, make you, like, a bad person it's just like a little shady you know it's, it's pretty shady i mean you know it's it's not partner material you know especially for you you value these things um but then your last set my picker is so broken i'm going to crawl back into my hole and continue to be a badass woman without a man to ruin my party thank you ladies for listening to my dating nightmare loyal fucker i'm glad you told us the story because it is a friendly reminder to look people up but also don't let this fraudulent dickhead 
ruin, you know, if some guy asks you out again at another place and you are attracted to him, say yes. You know, we're going to get heartbroken until the day we die. We'll get disappointed by people. Eh, don't be afraid of that. Just get new experiences. Awesome. And, and keep in mind, if you're, you know, in a park, maybe you're not going to meet people who have a lot of money. True. And I was just going to say, the world is full of frauds. You're right. going to probably meet another one. Why, we're all frauds in some way. Right. I'd rather meet someone who was a financial fraud than like a personality fraud. Right. You right. Know? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then also for this, it's like, okay, so listen, I love uh, being uh, a Debbie Downer. I think it's truly hilarious. But, um, <laughs> you know, for this, it's just like, okay, you know, all of us sudden like you know you date one guy who committed fraud and possibly is still married to his ex-wife and yeah. then you're like he's going to and jail and then you're like my picker is broken it's not I don't think so I mean I think we just live in a society with a lot of dirty rotten scoundrels we, that's exactly <laughs> right so please don't let this story ruin the next person who asks you out say yes if you feel if you feel it in your bones in your body go for it yeah and also if you have money you can actually like pay for those reports that I always look up and then go is this really the person have you ever paid for one nah I haven't gotten that low but but man, how much are they? Yeah, like forty, whatever. Oh, that's but, cheap as hell. Yeah, what does it give you? But I mean, it's all—it's not so much the money. It's that I then it's a then I open up this rabbit hole for myself. Mm, right, right, right. You're invested. It's a personal in, in, discipline. In, in, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, do I need to know all this about these people? <laughs> right, right, right. I don't. Right, right. You don't. Right, you really right. don't. You really don't. Right. It's insane. Well, it's insane. I, I, I like the ignorance is bliss model, uh, track, but that you know some things I like. If I, I was dating a fraud, if I if I just met a guy and he did all this, I would want to know because I wouldn't want to. I'd want to back well, on. Well, ignorance is bliss until he's going to jail. Steals all your money. You know. <laughs> right. Right. It's like for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. All right. On the topic of how much women do for men only to get a cautionary tale in return. Hi, Corinne and Christina. Love you to the most. Uh, sorry, Mike. Sorry. Um, <laughs> also, just heads up, Corinne, C-R-O-R-I-N-N-E. Just going to remind no you No one will ever spell it right. Probably not. It's just like truly, and I, like, I love my name so much. I think it's such a pretty name, but it, it looks like garbage that way. It, yeah, it looks like Sorry shit. to Corinne spell it that way, but <laughs> your parents made a mistake. Um, as I am listening. As mine did. <laughs> As I am listening to your newest episode, and Corinne touched on the Lewis Capaldi lyrics. Oh, for those of you who uh, don't remember this episode, the song is called "Pointless," and it's about uh, Lewis Capaldi bringing his girlfriend uh, coffee in the morning, and then her bringing him inner peace. Which you know, don't level really up. That's level not up. the Libra scales. Level up. Um, it reminded me of this story. A couple of details for context. Back in 2016, I started seeing a guy that I met on Tinder. I was spending the summer living at my parents' cabin and thought it would be fun to have a summer fling. Honestly, I knew right away that this guy was not going to be long term for many reasons. That's that's for me is like so nice, though. You're like, I yeah, don't have can to relax here. Um, leave the booger in your nose. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> But he was good. In- Unless you're with Mike, apparently. Jesus. He'll kick you out. Or if you have wet hair. No, oh, boy. <laughs> but he was good in bed, and I liked I'll going that. <laughs> on adventures with him and my dog in the mountains. He was very religious, and I am not, which led to some interesting discussions, and us mostly just agreeing to disagree in a very civil manner. I had never dated someone who was religious before, but I thought the reason I don't date religious people is because they judge people. So how am I better if I judge people for being religious? Look at you using what? your Oh, you're learning and growing. Look at that. Our listeners is smart. Um, however, he held some wild beliefs like uh, believing the earth is only 10,000 years <laughs> old. I didn't mean to laugh, Girl, but that was what funny. what the fuck? People believe that? I think you could laugh at that. that was wait, wait. Funny. I think that's fair to laugh at. People believe that? I didn't even know that was a rumor. Yeah. I think oh. that's got to be like a Christian thing, right? Well, my trainer uh-huh. just revealed to me after years of working oh, no. together this week that he doesn't believe in evolution and actually <gasps> scoffed at the, uh, at the concept, so... <laughs> 
Um, I had I was in a biology class in college <gasps> yeah. with a kid who didn't believe in evolution. Yeah, <laughs> it was okay. in a science class. Wow, with a kid who was trying to be a doctor who didn't believe. I mean, in I it. go. Wow. I mean, when people don't believe in evolution, I go, "Have you ever been to a zoo?" Yeah, yeah it's right. So insane. Right. Like, I mean, you, you know can, those horses that are half horse, half zebra. I mean, there you go, right there. Well, like it's you, literally in the middle of evolution. But like when you look at a monkey, you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like it's us clear. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. don't. And the, what are they're, they're, like, they're not called cavemen? They're called um, what's it called? Uh, not cavemen, but uh, Neanderthals. Yes, Neanderthals. Yeah, and you see like the progression. Yeah, it, that's wild. That's it, so funny. Yeah. Okay. So he was anti-choice, etc. Oh, I awesome. am so embarrassed to admit that I was with a person with such backwards oh, belief. Girl, he you weren't with. You wanted enough sex. You're, yeah, if we didn't, if you didn't, if like we waited to fuck people until like they none of them had dumb ideas, we would never have sex, and that's what I've been doing this year. You could hold um, your ear up to your own vagina and hear crickets. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a seashell. Is that the ocean? <laughs> it's um, silence for decades. <laughs> he was also very weird about sex. Oh, you don't say a religious person weird about sex. Uh, we had a lot of good sex. However, he always shamed himself after. Oh yeah, my god! But it was good, so cool. Oh my god! god. <laughs> oh, oh man, this is. Fucking hilarious! I wonder if it was like the guy that I fucked and then he hit himself because he oh, couldn't get right, hard. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember that. That's from like that's vintage guys. Stupid we fucked. idiot! Fuck yeah, you! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That person's kind of famous. Um, oh. He told me that he would uh, visit his pastor and confess that he was having premarital sex. Okay, but then he would keep initiating sex. We Who's a keep, bad boy? <laughs> we would keep having bad. This is a bad boys episode. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should re-sing the bad boy the cops theme song. Bad, boy, go, bad, bad boys, boys, bad boys. <laughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come in you? Yes, <laughs> that's great. That's a good one. <laughs> that's copyrighted we as gotta, right now. So fuck all y'all. Yeah, that's well, it's parody also. So I don't think Chad nice. can say anything. Oh no, we're yeah, Sick. we're in the clear. We're covered by parody Sick. there. Um, and you have thirty seconds of song to sing anyway. Uh, but then he would keep initiating sex we would keep having good sex and I just thought this was something he needed to work out with himself (laughs) you are absolutely correct girl I encouraged him to talk openly about sex look how much look how much maintenance women do even in just a a a summer fling yeah yeah um But you're leaving them better than you found them. That's for damn sure. Yeah, so great, that's, that's great nice. for that other girl. Yeah. Um, uh, and explain that if it's between two consenting adults, it's just a super fun thing to do. <laughs> there were a couple of times where he low-key shamed me for the amount of sexual partners I had. Of course he did. Well, you shouldn't have told him. Yeah. Once he said the earth was 10,000 years old, you should have been like, <laughs> I've never had sex. Two people. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, again, such a red flag that I wrote it off, um, that I wrote off as a him problem, not a me problem. That's correct. If I had to guess what my rationale for staying with him at this time, I would say that I thought because we had open dialogue about our differences that we would both grow as people. Also, a guy like that is just interesting. To me, I would be very curious about a man like that. Like, if the sex was good, I'd be like, what makes you tick? How were you raised? What do you do for fun? Like, I... I, I, And that's more questions I've asked most people I've dated for six months. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask a stranger I just met those questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as fall approached, he wanted to keep things going. All right, so this is where you fuck up. And I was 25 and lonely, so we continued our relationship. Oh, 25 and lonely. What a theme for Instagram this weekend. Um, that was personal. Um, I... <laughs> Uh, I, I, that was a personal one, but I need to bring it in. Um, I had moved three provinces away oh, from Canadian. where I met him as I was starting another degree program. I was lonely in a new city, so honestly, it was just nice to have someone to talk to. 
should have just hired a therapist. Let's be honest. Yeah. As we continued long distance, we continued to have good conversation and sex regularly. At this point, it was decided that we were exclusive. What? Wait, this, this is oh, okay. This is now you looking at the cliff and you're going, oh, see what happens. Maybe I Carl float like chitty chitty bang bang. Oh, oh, no, that's not how it works. Exclusive. About a month later, I got a message from a grown and here oh, we go. He's fucking multiple people and calling you a whore. Here we Woo! go. About a month later, I got a message from a girl on Instagram asking if he was my boyfriend. I confirmed that he was. She then sent me <laughs> screenshots of his new Tinder profile and That's the messages weird. that he had been exchanging with her. Couple things. He used a picture of my dog, That's all caps, that I took as his main picture. That's Bold. fucked up. Bold. That's fucked up. That's really That's fu- fucked up. You know what? Death run penalty. Away from- Death penalty. Rough, run away from this man and That's never talk to him again. fucked up. Burn down his house. Oof. Don't, Chad. That oh, oh my god. In the messages, I saw that the woman asked about his dog, to which he replied, yeah, that was my dog, but he was old and we had to put him down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you date a bad boy, Savage! Girl. Oh, he's such a bad boy. He sent her multiple dick pictures and was sexting her constantly. Some Christian. That's yeah. what, well, that's what sexual repression does, man. That's what it does. Ooh, I want to fuck a Christian. Um, <laughs> he was very explicit and almost vulgar in the way mm. that he was messaging her. Yeah. What did he say? They oh. had plans I mean, to sorry. meet up that weekend. <laughs> it was early in the morning when she sent me this, and then he texted me to say good morning. Uh, he also texted this girl who sent me a screenshot of what he sent her. Mind you. His cock? Probably Instagram. He probably fucking had... Pick, men are fucking men not are, good at cheating. Yeah, they're really bad at Get it. Get better, you're... Um, yeah. which was the exact same good when people say do better, I'm like, yeah, do better at cheating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're gonna do it anyway. At least have the dignity to hide it from me. Yeah, at least make like try. Uh which was the exact same good morning message. But what, what did it both say? Good, good morning. morning. <laughs> good morning, beautiful. Ooh. Um, I sent him one of his own dick pictures as a reply, one that he had sent to the other woman, not Very me. Very nice. Fuck yeah. Anyways, we broke up then and there, obviously, but that didn't stop him from trying to explain himself. Oh, yes. Explain yourself, boo. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Dig your hole. Dig your hole. This was his explanation. He told me that I made him feel so good and confident. Yeah, you did. God. You I, did. You did all that stuff. You pumped him up. You fluffed his feathers. You yeah. really did. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He didn't deserve yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Damn. God. Wow. I mean, I should, I need some kind of it's d- like degree at this point. You helped him, and then he cheated on you because he didn't want to leave you because you helped him. Oh, what a bitch life can be, huh? Yeah, that's what they. You we build men up so that they can go fuck better, um, hotter chicks, <laughs> and then or sometimes not. I love being a woman. Um. Okay. So this was. He told me that he, I made him feel so good and confident in himself and in his sexuality yeah. that he felt like he was on top of the world. So just and, jot down your mistakes here um, uh, and could do anything or anyone. Yeah. He explained that I had helped him become comfortable with being sexual, which led him to seek out other women. So basically, I was to blame for him cheating on me because <laughs> I made him feel too good and too confident. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm going to take his side on this one. Yeah, actually. he's correct. <laughs> So wild. I know the breakup was bound to happen, but his reasoning for cheating has always stuck with me. Honestly, I was more mad that he used a picture of my dog. And as you should as be, you fucking that was out of be, fucking girl. line. That is so that was disrespectful to you and your dog. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, of my dog and said my dog was uh, dead than the actual <laughs> cheating. Yeah, that was fucked up. Do not bring my dog into your lies, sir. Again, I agree. Yes. 
also the low key sexual shit. shaming of me. But then he goes out and does this. Of course. Well, I mean, anytime someone shames you about something like that, it's a reflection of themselves. Yeah, they're shaming themselves yeah. for the things that they're doing. Yeah. He's just mad because you were just like free with your sexuality and yep. having a good time. Yep. Maybe God was handing out uh, audacity that day <laughs> because I truly don't know where else he would have found it. I am very thankful that the woman messaged me after she did. She was worried that he would retaliate and post the nudes that she had sent him before she knew about me. Mm. I told her that I would help her take him to court if he even mentioned this. She was the real MVP. Women helping women. Love it. Um, anyways, just another example of women doing the most for their partners and only getting a cautionary tale out of it in return. Thanks again for all that you do. I'm a big fan over here. You know, there's a lot of instances, and I listened to Savage Lovecast a bunch, where there's the, you know, usually I guess it's in married couples, so that's uh-huh. why there's this discrepancy of like, don't, if you're, if you find out the guy you're seeing is actually has a wife or a girlfriend, don't. Like, the advice has been given to not tell the woman, but I say do. Just don't, you know, don't be a cunt about it. Obviously, it's a super sensitive situation, but, like, I'd want to know, and I'm so glad that she told her. Well, it depends. I mean, also, because when you're listening to Savage Lovecast, you're listening to a gay man's thoughts, and um, Mm, heterosexual people are are notoriously weirder about cheating. Yeah, we are. Like Like, everyone in the queer community laughs at straight people. Uh, about how uh, monogamous we are and how weird we are about cheating. Yeah. I don't think it's weird, but I mean, I am straight, but I'm just kind of like, I know that to be 100% true. Right, right, um, right, right. You know, from, from Dan Savage, from my... Prepare stylist. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, truly. Um, well, also, too, like, if you're in a strong... If you're in a strong marriage... And there's, you know, it's like one of those situations where you do what you got to do to stay sane in the marriage, as he said, as Dan says, like, that makes sense. Like she, this girl didn't know that, like this relationship that she, the writer had with this shithead wasn't, there wasn't a lot of depth. There wasn't a lot of like soul connection. This also seems a lot more innocent to me because yeah. I think like the woman um, who met him on the app was kind of just like actually interested in dating him and then uh, went yeah. to the Instagram was like it, it looks like this guy has a girlfriend and I guess she was like <laughs> I guess she was like in a messaging kind of being like either like this is his ex-girlfriend yeah, or yeah. you know because you yeah. never know with timing or, or whatever so it does seem like the way she approached it was a little more innocent I think sometimes people DM you and they're like I just want to let so you know. know like I've definitely bitch. had listeners when, when like things were going on behind the scenes that I hadn't discussed in real time on the podcast or something be like I saw so and so on a dating app. I was like, bitch. I, yeah, I know. I was like, we're working through things. Relax yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone, relax. Because the one thing about me is, maybe I'll find out late, but I'm always, always gonna find out. Always. Yeah, you will. I know I about every single can't. boyfriend I've had and who has messaged them, and it's been every single one I've talked about on this podcast, and I know about them all, and I will come for you one day. Yes, you will soon. Yeah, uh, that's not a threat, Chad. That's just like a fun. I'm gonna come it's for them. With a, I'm gonna come for them with a fruit I'm basket. I'm coming for you. I'm gonna come for them with a, <laughs> with a, a fruit smile. basket. With a fruit basket, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Honestly, I should just let it happen and then be like, "Oh, you thought I was fucking lying about all the stories I told on the podcast? Enjoy." Um, all right. Do you have anything to add you want of that? No, they would just be more threats that probably we'll have to edit yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess okay, not. Cool. More work for let's me. Keep that. Yeah, let's, keep, let's keep it tight. Let's keep it tight. All right, continuing on with this bad boy theme. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. 
I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. The next subject line bumped into the guy I was seeing as he was meeting someone else. Please help. (laughs) To be honest, I'm high as fuck, mm. and CBA with an intro, just know I adore you all. What's CBA, Corinne? Oh, God, that's the one I don't know. God, what are the kids doing these days? Four. Collective bargaining agreement? I feel no, like you gotta do, you gotta do, C- you gotta do CBA Urban Dictionary. Oh. Collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... And collective bargaining agreement, I wanted to let you guys know arsed. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Can't be bothered. Okay. Can't be bothered. Oh, uh, okay. It's because she's from the UK. That's why I didn't know. Oh. It's UK slang because I was like, Arst is not American. <laughs> uh, I can't be bothered with it. Okay. Intro. Okay. It's just no idea. Problem. Met a guy on Hinge and got along perfectly. He's a sports teacher. Sports teacher. And I'm, I guess. Well, yeah, this is UK. Oh, she's in the UK, so they call it sports. Wow. Re- <laughs> that's a re- reach. Yeah, I want to move there so bad. Dodgeball. Say shit. And I'm training science. I'm a training science teacher. We're both 25, living in the UK. He is ticking all the boxes, green flags everywhere. And so far, we've had three dates consisting of going for Thai food, drinks in town, and we fucked on two occasions. Great sex and crazy intimacy. And he begs to know what I like. Ooh, I'm low key anxious as fuck. So shit at communicating during sex, apart from using my hands to guide him, etc. So he asked me to journal about it. And send him a pic, lol, which to me was very intimate. FYI, my body count is well into its 40s, so I'd say I'm experienced in how men act during sex. Anyway, fourth date was set for him to come to my house for the first time and we'd cook with my housemate and her boyfriend. The night before he him coming over, I went to a rave with my friend and on the walk home at 4.30 a.m., I see him waiting at a lamppost on, this is so British, on some random ass street that I'm on and like, oh my fucking God, automatically thinking, He's there for me. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, could my have been, God. Could have been creepy. Could have been cute. But who knows? Anyway, I introduce him to my friend who obviously knows all about him via me. And when I ask him what he's up to, he says he doesn't want to say. And he was stood up like a fucking puppy lost. Lo and behold, I turn my head and see this girl approach him who he'd uh, he was of meeting. And clearly it was for sex. LOL. I, I guess. What, what time did you say it was? 4.30 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't standing on the street corner to meet for coffee. Anyways, I get home at 5 a.m. and I see he texts me through the night. <laughs> they're to they're see about- looking at Dow Jones together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love hearing the morning bell go ding. Anyways, I get the home. Morning bell. <laughs> I, I get home at 5 a.m. and I see he's 
He had texted me through the night to see if I was having a good time. He was uh, on a separate night out. Yeah, yeah but you guys, yeah, aren't, he was. You guys aren't exclusive. I just want to point that out. And so he, res- so I respond along the lines that I'm seeing that situation felt like a slap in the face. I ask him to bring my stuff back later that day, and he agrees but wants to talk. We chat in the car, and he's really sorry, etc., and wants to make it up to me and, quote, understands how shit it looked and that he doesn't want it to reflect him as a person. I collect my stuff. I tell him I'm not mad because he can literally do what he wants. I was just pissed that I saw it. That's We hugged. Yeah, we hugged. I said goodbye and was nice to meet him, but I'm out. But dumb fucking me left my phone in his car as I got out. The phone was dead and camouflaged into the chair. It was a fucking mission trying to find his number to contact him. I ended up going on iCloud, uh, seeing a screenshot of a message he sent to me before I saved his number. Then fuck. So I rang and had to go collect. I see him and he's really apologetic and asks if I'd be willing to give him a second chance. What do I do? I'm so That's all it took? I'm so... I'm so easygoing and not mad about him seeing others whilst we aren't exclusive. However, it made me realize how much I like this guy. There we go. And I don't know if he's out to fuck me over. What? Or actually just a guy who was horny one night. I say a guy who's just fucking horny. Let him be Probably horny. Probably that. I'm so stressed. Please, any advice will do. because uh, 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 Be brutal because I love constructive criticism. I don't know if you want photos, but I'll send them anyway. Thanks a bunch. Well, my first uh, constructive uh, criticism is never write an email again when you're high. Because yeah, because this, this is hard to read. difficult. I'm not good at reading out loud. <laughs> Yeah. But this, your type of high writing makes me extra not This was a journey. It's yeah, a little yeah. convoluted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and I'm someone who has abandonment issues. I have all these issues, but I see this pretty clearly. You weren't exclusive yet. He was getting to know you. And a lot of times before you like, if you're headed towards exclusiveness, there's a part of like, I think men and women where you're like, let me just get as many fucks as I can in here before I like settle down with the old lady. Um, so maybe he was doing that. Like, and the other thing is he really, wanted he wants a second chance so bad which to me says maybe he really really likes you maybe there's really good chemistry you're kind of upset because you're scared over how much you like him that leads me to believe that you could be a perfect match he didn't do anything wrong you just happened to see it and he probably did whatever he did because you guys weren't exclusive and now for sure knowing that you feel a type of way about it that's probably why he's begging for the second chance because he didn't realize okay, he made guys, a mistake. Let's back it up again. He He's not trying so hard or begging. She left his phone and as they he, and when she went over to get the phone he wanted a second chance. He was like, can I have a second chance? Right. So let's please. Oh, I thought she said he was begging. Uh, let's, let's please make it accurate. He, he was, he's, right, he was okay. really apologetic. He's, just, and he's very apologetic. Yeah, so that that's he didn't try that hard. So that, All right, that, so we won't say begging. That's my one note. He could have tried harder, but uh, also, yes, the, 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 the problem thing is here he did nothing wrong you just saw something that you should probably you should you weren't meant to see and of course it affected you because you're human and you care about this person Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah it seems like you're just um you're just scared of getting hurt which is like i mean that's entering any relationship you're yes like you could get hurt that's what you and you most likely will get hurt at one point yeah okay yeah so that's that but i mean you really like this guy so and then like you start getting into like this kind of like weird thing about like is he just out to fuck you over guys aren't like out you know they're not that smart they're not up late at night making templates on how to fuck women over (laughs) yeah they're not that smart you know like they're not having like fucking team meetings about it they're playing 2k and looking at porn okay that is what they're doing yeah and 
to think that they're planning to fuck us over is actually it's a little egotistical of you yeah that's that's like narcissism (laughs) on our part okay yes so just relax it's fine no one literally did anything wrong true and he actually handled it pretty nicely yeah and that's that yeah you're you're 25 yeah it's fine everything's okay it's gonna be okay promise you uh current you've been going so hard at 2k it's been it's so funny to me (laughs) I know it's a video Triggered. game. It's Is always it the answer. It's basketball. It's basketball. Basketball video game. Basketball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This one says, am I a dumb bitch on an unconscious level? Eh, we based on that question, I would say probably on a conscious one too. Uh, hi, Corinne and Christina. <laughs> I'm a 28-year-old woman <laughs> and have been listening to you since my early 20s. You have truly shaped so much of how I view the world and I am so... Now I get nervous. We've shaped too many people perhaps. Uh, I am so thankful to have stumbled across this podcast six years ago. Anyways, I'm writing because I need help deciphering some woo-woo shit. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned... <laughs> I got excited. Uh, as I mentioned, I am now 28 and I'm in a stable and happy relationship with my boyfriend of three years. He's but... an amazing partner. We live together and we are discussing marriage. The problem is I keep having dreams about my ex. Like dreams that are so vivid, they rattle me and consume my thoughts for a few days after I have them. Mm. I dated this ex eight years ago. He was my first love and high school boyfriend that I dated for five years and broke up with in college. So we could both explore our independence. I had never felt so connected to another person. We kept in contact for years after our breakup, and he would reach out to me like clockwork every six months or so to, quote, try things uh, out again. We would meet up for the weekend. Then he would say things weren't going to work. Okay. Uh, I let this pattern continue for years until I started therapy and realized I was attracted to this behavior because of the relationship I had with my alcoholic father. Mm. Anyways, as the years went on, the timing between us contacting each other got further and further apart. We live in different states and don't have each other on social media. A few years ago, I started getting these vivid dreams about him and out of the blue... Uh, then a week or so later, I would get a text from him. It got to the point I was so freaked out. I started telling my friends when I had these dreams uh, because I knew sooner or later he'd be reaching out. The last time we had contact was a year ago when he sent me a clearly drunk text that only said, I miss you more than anything. I ignored it and moved on. Lately, the dreams have randomly started again. And now it's to the point I get extremely anxious because I am just waiting to hear from him again. How can I make these dreams stop? I have blocked his number before he finds a way to reach me. Is my unconscious trying to tell me something? Mm. I feel so secure in myself, but then I start questioning if there is something I am missing. Uh, Mm. Am I just still a dumb bitch on an unconscious level that likes the attention? I appreciate any of your thoughts. It's so easy to convince somebody that something might be missing. Yeah. Or they might be missing out on something. Also with dreams, like I think you're um, interpreting these dreams very like surface level when we're in reality, either they're just pieces of your unconscious that are collecting while you're sleeping and it means absolutely nothing or it means something different than you're interpreting it as. You literally have a great relationship with your boyfriend of three years. You said it's healthy. You've tried for years to get back with this guy and it never works out. He always, you know, shits the bed. It's always toxic. He's drunk texting you. Mm. That the past is the past. Yeah, this is done. Go. So yeah, and also my other thought is your ex could be a metaphor. So these dreams aren't actually about your ex. They're about like a, a, a part of your life. They're about love. They're about lust. They're about trust. They're about something else. Because I, I I took a I had like a really bizarre like such a vivid odd creepy creepy dream 
um, not that long ago that I, t- I took to Anne Marie and um, she was like, oh, it's not, like with, the, with my family members and involve them like slowly falling into a pool and dying and I couldn't save them or something. But they're like, it's she was like, oh, it, a lot of times with dreams like that, it's not your actual dad and your actual nephew. And your, that's not, that's just parts of you, but they're represented by your family members. So it's very possible that whatever's being you know played out in this dream it, it's very possible that it could have nothing to do with this guy. Yeah, like, the problem with nothing. feminism is it's made us all feel too powerful, and now yeah. we think we ha- um, are, are wizards. Yeah. Do Which, women feel too powerful? In, in, um, in, in, with, I think our in, in, intuitively, yes, and most okay. people I know, men and women alike, have absolutely awful intuition. Well, that I agree with for sure. And that, that's like one <laughs> thing. I think their ego leaks into their intuition too much and they can't separate yeah. it. Yeah. I don't have a lot of skills. I can't sing. I can barely play the violin, but my intuition is sharp. And mm, so skill, other people who ha- who cl- like think that they have intuition, like that's why I like I don't even let other people read my tarot because I'm like, okay, you might know how to use the cards, but you're, I see the moves you make in real life and your intuition ain't good. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I can't, right. so I don't want any of that. Because, because uh, you know, 80%, anyone can learn how to play with a deck of cards and, right. and, and and flop one out and right. then look it up in the book but it's like you have to use your intuition correctly to uh to figure out to interpret what, yeah, what it right. means right 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 i've right. had some gnarly in- interpretations that fucked up my whole mindset for for like a year when you get intuitive hits are they subtle Yes, because That's I had something a, I learned about because intuition. I had to learn. You know, a lot of times, like I'll just like I wouldn't eat before, like a year or two ago, I wouldn't even have noticed it. I right? Would, yeah, I would just be like, oh, I'm just. Oh, I just guessed that, yeah. you know? Right. So, yeah, I, that's one thing I learned. And just to, to every listener out there, just FYI, uh, I did that exercise with, like, with a mediumship exercise where you hold the object of somebody who's passed away. And uh, and when I read about that exercise, they're like, the first thing you think of is it, and you're going to swear that it's the next thing you think of because that's louder in your head. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And I went, I did the exercise, and I just said the first, th- the things that were, like, easily flowing in and out of my brain and then they ended up all being correct and I'm like oh that's really interesting intuition feels like not a big deal like it's not this glaring thing and no usually, I, I, you want it to be like that's so raven where right. she gets a vision, vision she's like <gasps> you little nasty <laughs> you can't escape it yeah but, and, but the, I, I would love that oh my god but it makes skill. sense why a lot of people overlook their intuition because everyone's trying to escape everyone's like you know vibrating too high because of uh, and that's why drugs and alcohol can fuck up your intuition because it, well, like, yeah. it keeps you less in touch with yourself and you have to be really in touch with yourself to have access to that subtle intuition and also everyone um you know, I've learned on the show has really bad inner monologue that calls themselves stupid all the time. Yeah, yeah. So then obviously like you're not going to listen to a stupid person. Right. Um, and then also for that email, like, um, I think the, uh, how she was like wowing everyone that she would think of her ex and then he would text. It's like, well, people can feel you thinking about them. That's like pretty, like, that's just energy in the universe. Like, that's like, you know, when you think about someone and then you get a text from them three, three seconds later, we've all had that. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's just like a common thing. So it's like, you know, in a, in a way when you spend a lot of time thinking about someone, like you're allowing them power over your life. Like, I do believe in stuff like that. I don't think that, that, I don't think that's that like crazy woo woo. Be conscious of the real estate of your mind and yeah who, who gets it and yeah. who doesn't because you have control over that yeah uh start right. thinking about your boyfriend <laughs> yeah and also stop think eating that spicy food late that gives you that fucked up dreams oh, oh yeah i have right? heard that i have heard that i don't go. eat spicy food at all so um okay last email uh help a new relationship and red flags 
Dear Corinne and Christina, I've been listening to your podcast ever since my sister introduced it to me a few years ago. I genuinely love you both, and I appreciate your outlook's advice about relationships in life. I'm a 30-year-old woman from New Jersey. Ooh, ooh. Jersey strong. Yuck, you. And I have spent the last couple of years focusing on my career and mental health. I wouldn't say I completely isolated myself from the world, but I was definitely going through something and didn't have the urge to get back into dating the dating game at the time. I have a pretty complicated history of physical and psychological abuse in a previous relationship. Mm. On top of not having the greatest experiences with my past relationships, I also struggle with addiction, depression, and anxiety. I've been gradually feeling better over a period of about seven months when I decided that I wanted to start dating again. I ended up dating two guys over the summer that I quickly realized weren't right for me. Fast forward to October, and I ended up meeting my current boyfriend. We'll call him Bob. You don't like him. I was happy to meet Bob because he was the first man I went on a date with who was super vocal about what he wanted. We had an instant emotional connection through long conversations, shared experiences, and similar hobbies. I enjoyed how often he wanted to talk to me and how he made me feel when he did. After a little over a month of dating, Bob took me to a nice dinner and asked me to be his girlfriend. I won't lie, I was definitely caught off guard just because it felt kind of fast. So I said yes in the moment. That's not fast. So I said yes in the moment without really having a chance to think it through. The next day, I automatically felt like things were moving too fast, but I was still conflicted because of my feelings for him. I haven't mustered up the courage to express to him how I've been feeling. I've aired my concerns about Bob and moving too quickly to close friends and family, and I've received mixed reviews in response. Girl, but how do you feel? I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, I don't and- know why we're crowdsourcing our feelings like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, a people-, people do that a lot. I- I know. It's the strangest thing. I used to do it a lot. And then I was like, wait a second. The more you ask other people how you should feel, the less in touch you are with how you Yeah, the more confused you would get, I would assume, because you're going to get a a varied responses. And then, or then some people just like know how they feel and they're just asking for people to like reinforce how they already feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or sometimes you just want like, how would you handle this just to see another way to handle it? But yeah, I'm a people pleaser and empath by nature. And if you couldn't tell from this writing of this email, I'm 100% Virgo. What does that Ha-ha. mean? I don't, I don't know. You what wrote that in means. English. Stop. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means. Stop. But here's where things have gotten really tricky for me. I've been too embarrassed to reveal what I'm about to to anybody that I know in real life. I really need a good therapist. So here it goes. Bob doesn't have normal work hours with his current job, so his work schedule is constantly changing. I have a more traditional work schedule, so oftentimes he won't be off till after 11 p.m. on some nights. His work schedule is not what concerns me. It's what I've noticed when I'd hang out with him after. So the last two nights, he came and stayed over my place after he got out of work. And the last two nights when he arrived, he greeted me with a kiss as I normally would. No, I I agree. Sorry. I greeted him with a kiss as I normally would. I don't want to sound dumb or crazy for even saying this or speculating anything because Bob and I have had extensive conversations regarding infidelity and our views of what we want for our relationship. He knows that I can't have have previous partners who were unfaithful. He knows that I've had previous partners who were unfaithful and said that he did too, which is why I can't understand why the last two times he came over, I tasted fish when I kissed him. 
What? Maybe he ate literal fish. <laughs> and no, I'm not certain if he just had something fishy for dinner for two nights in a row. Oh, this is this is a com- com- comedic email. Or if I'm just <laughs> are we being pranked? I, I was ready for like, guys, I'm secretly an alien in the weekends or something. His mouth was fishy. Is this this is really did the- a 21 year old boy write me an email? What is this? Uh, and no, I'm not certain if he just had something fishy for dinner for two nights in a row, or if I'm just a literal fool. I need help. Uh, yeah, I need you help do, too. You do need help. You I need, need help, help but not with this exact issue, with something bigger. How do I even bring this up to him without sounding incredibly insane? You don't. Sorry for the long journey to get here. Is that a Virgo thing? But I, there's just a lot going on in my brain. Any advice is much appreciated. Girl, your brain is being neurotic right now. You oh, gotta go, you gotta go for a walk. My God. You gotta, you gotta do an activity that makes you not think about this in any way because I'm, I wanna shake you like a snow globe so you can reset. That's, that's, that's nuts. The craziest thing about this email, and I'm sorry to call you crazy, but I'm not Lena Dunham or Alyssa Bennett, so I can. The craziest thing about this fucking email is that you think your boyfriend's cheating on you and that the thing he's doing is going pussy eating. Most fucking husbands aren't <laughs> right. even eating pussy. You think that he's cheating and the first thing he's doing is muff diving. That's what you think. That's the craziest part to me about this. That Bob is cheating and he's exclusively cheating through cunnilingus. He just might have gingivitis. He might have not even eaten anything in the last couple hours. But like you got, so pay attention. So what the issue here is, where your brain goes to the point where you're so embarrassed about this that you can't tell anybody. Oh you gotta be God. able to accept the thoughts in your brain. But here's the thing. is what I said with the Michael, when I was talking about Michael Singer. Just because a thought comes in into your brain doesn't mean it's valid doesn't mean it's warrant it warrants your attention unless you're podcasting and you just kind of need to keep it moving right yeah, that's true that's yeah true. then you do it for then a decade you just, you just do it <laughs> for sure uh but just because a thought comes in doesn't mean it's true doesn't mean that it's worth your time so you got it your filter you know your your filter your filter's got to get a little better gotta get a little better i would say journal you know, just write it down and then you can read it back and go, OK, and just sit with it. You know, you got to You got to figure out how to how to deal with this on on your on your own. These 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 thoughts, because that's a that's I really thought you were about to tell me that, like, you know, you eat your own poop or something like what? Yeah, there was a lot of lead up and the, it was very low reward. And then also, I mean, OK, <laughs> so you you set up your history and, and your history of your abuse and you were, you know, you, you kind of were basically isolated for a little bit of uh, a time. And this is your first, you know, um, step into the dating pool again. So I, I think you're nervous. I think you're a little out of uh, practice with dating. And I think you're very, very, very um, wary of other people and understandably so. But like you 100%. are very suspect of him every step along the way and I gotta yeah. be honest nothing he did in any in this email was cause for alarm in my opinion and, and to honest you girl you just gotta chill you just gotta chill notice your thoughts and stuff but don't don't cling to them like That's he actually not... did something really nice like he waited a month and then took you out to a nice dinner and yeah, then asked you to be his girlfriend sweet. a month I think is a very acceptable amount of time um to go for you know if you're serious about dating which it seems he is uh like he, there's just nothing. There might be a part of your subconscious here. too. If you were physically and emotionally abused, the especially if it was like the last relationship you had, there might be a part of your subconscious that is like vehemently against being in the vulnerable position of falling in love again. And so your brain, that's one of the reasons why your brain, you know, the thought of like, wait, he smells like fish. Was he eating pussy? And that's one of the reasons why, you, like a cl- like the claw machine, you grab it like it's a fucking 
you know, toy ball. Also, vaginas don't smell like fish. Uh, yeah, like, that is they, like a they, myth. They don't. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, in addition, a little bit sexist uh, of your conclusion. But like, okay. it, they don't. I mean, it's just not even an accurate smell. Nor yeah. do they taste like yeah. yeah, and that I really think there's a part of it. I'm glad you wrote us about this because I feel like when you're so up your own ass with like I th- your your fear, it's hard to get out. And so, girl, get out. You have permission. He's not doing anything wrong. And I there's I I would say, she did you mention that you were in therapy? Because I really do think being abused. That's She's like, God, I need a therapist. I think. Okay, yeah, you do definitely do. Um, because there's still part of your subconscious that's. It's possible that your, your subconscious is a little scared to fall in love again, which yeah. makes all the sense in the world. But girl, he's not eating pussy before he comes over. It's so funny. And guys are it's dumb so at cheating, funny. but they're not going to eat pussy and not do some gum, right? Some dentine or something. And then also, I think I think you just need to maybe like be really communicative in your relationship and tell him that. Just be honest with him. Be like, listen, I'm I'm not really used to this. You know, you know about my history. Um, would it be okay with you if I was just like a? Li- I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little over communicative. Um, then maybe is like normal or average because I think you need that kind of support right now because otherwise you're going to be left to your own devices and then your brain is obviously just going to make up stories about fish pussies and I don't think that's necessary for either one of you yeah and if your pussy does smell like fish see a doctor see your GYN yeah just go ring ring hey doc go to the doctor uh, suspicious smell here let's go check it out and oh the doc will be God. like okay all right you smelly whore let's go or, you know, whatever they say. That is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. The last episode of 2022. Yeah. Out, right. How great. We're that just, is the last episode of 2022. That's the last The last thing we talk about is fishy pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Really come full circle on this show. The myth of fishy myth. pussy. Ooh, yeah. thank you for the clarification, Michael. Fe- feminist hero, Shiro over there. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Michael Cosarelli. Wow. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Be safe on New Year's. Uh, have a great time. This has been Guys We Fuck, the anti-slut streaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Bye. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Kozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. <laughs> Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? you watch Santa cutie do you need more persuasion let you eat my milk and cookies for some motivation I'll let you get your jollies I'll give you all new sensations I can't live in isolation I need that immunization I'll make it ho 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 under the mistletoe oh oh Santa baby make it snow bring me that shot the only hope that I got don't need no car or yacht a vaccine's all that we want think of all the fun I've missed think of all the hotties that I haven't kissed Christmas list. Uh-huh.
FDA approval, please Santa as a gift. Difficult to slut it up till that vaccine exists. One that's been tested by more than the president. Please disapproval, one to mingle, and I'm single. I'm trying to drop this booty in. Jingle, jingle, jingle. It's the thickness. Zaddy Christmas. I'm trying to find a way to wake up with morning sickness. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.